This week's episode is brought to you by Geekocalypse. It is a podcast that explores everything under the geeky sun. Comics, video games, movies, and more. That is right. The sun is a nerd. And you should head on over to geekocalypse.net and find them on iTunes. And for this episode of Watch Out for Fireballs, we are talking about Alpha Protocol. Hey, Cole. How's it going? Hmm. Professional, aggressive, or suave? Suave, aggressive, or... Uh, you know, professional, professional. Let's just get this job done. You don't work with me because I'm all spree and roses. I'm a professional. I thought you were too. So let's just record this podcast and kill as few American soldiers as possible while doing it. What the fuck? Oh, it, oh yeah. Okay, we can we can get going. Um, so if you go to the notes, you can see in the sketch uh, you're playing Marburg and I'm Albatross. And the joke is, Marburg is this huge dickhead. And Albatross doesn't notice it because he's so robotic. So Marburg just keeps saying asshole things, and, and Albatross just keeps talking about the mission. Okay, professional. professional. Which one? Which one do I do? None of these options are right. Well, I guess aggressive, since Marburg is kind of a jerk. Is this the best you can come up with? I could write a better sketch with two broken hands. What are you? Some kind of battle toad? This is garbage, and I hate you. Holy shit. No, 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 no. What's from what's Jesus, from? Cole? Ah, man. Are you, are you okay? Is Chris hitting you? You you can tell me if Chris is hitting you. Oh, man, I need to apologize. Uh, swap. Swap. I'm going to wear you like a feed bag. Really taking number three while trying to give you throat babies. That's it. I'm going to the doctor. This is crazy. Uh, this is crazy. Well, I suppose that's it. Can't really do a podcast when your partner wants to give you throat babies. That's the end of Watch Out for Fireballs. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro video games podcast. And this week we're talking about Alpha Protocol, which is an RPG developed by Obsidian and published by Sega for the PC, Xbox uh, 360, and the PlayStation 3 in 2010. And you may be thinking, 2010 isn't that old. And to which we reply, this is the final game of our Wolf Initiative. Operation Wolf has ended for now. (laughs) To be fair, somebody could be listening to this in twenty thirty in twenty thirty doing research for our presidential campaign. Yeah, that's true. It's like this is Wolf Initiative. The um, you know, we're we're not saying that we'll never do uh, other new games. Yeah, you know, we might we might dust off the old Wolf, out the old Cubby, <laughs> Operation Dusty Wolf. Yeah, <laughs> like like uh, hello. Uh, <laughs> that's like that's, that's like somebody at a bar who's got some real wisdom for you. 
<laughs> Dusty Wolf. Yeah, you do not want to sit next to Dusty Wolf on a plane. <laughs> Yeah. You're going you're gonna to hear a lot of opinions. Um, um, like Dusty Wolf. It's, it's like somebody that you call because he has a pickup truck and he can help you clear this brush away. <laughs> oh, man, we got to call Dusty Wolf. No, I'm not racist, but I didn't vote for him. <laughs> Dusty Wolf, no. <laughs> no. No, Dusty. I still like to associate with you. You're so wise. <laughs> Dusty. Um, you're, you're like Gar from the movie Mask. <laughs> um oh. Or yeah. Terry Gar from Young Frankenstein. There we wow. go. Yeah, it's like either either or. <laughs> You're like a perfect synthesis of those two very <laughs> those disparate two. things. Um, however, we might do new games in the future. Yeah. Anywho, in, uh, in in Alpha Protocol, uh, you play as Angel Agent Angel. It's real weird. You play as Agent Michael Thornton, uh, completing missions around the world using stealth, firearms, gadgets, and persuasion. And the uh, moment-to-moment gameplay is kind of a third-person action game where your stats actually affect your abilities. Right. Uh, so the game kind of takes this overall structure and rhythm of going to different safe houses and different areas of the world, kind of uh, doing secret agent-y style investigation lead missions. You know, it's a lot of it's a lot of getting the microfiche, right? Right. Right. There's microfiche with Poppin'. Yeah. Um, Choice is probably, you know, is a huge part of the game and probably, you know, it was on all the marketing materials. It's probably the central aspect of the game. Um, everything from how you build your character to how you respond in specific conversations affects the course of the missions, including the order that you choose to do the missions. Yeah. Uh, Harkening back to the first episode of Watch Out for Fireballs, yeah. where we compared Mega Man X to Alpha Protocol. Yep. So see how many Mega Man X comparisons end up in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know, Marburg is kind of a chill penguin. <laughs> 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 oh man i, re- I really pretty- boomed i found z and really boomed her coanger yeah um i was gonna call heck a chill penguin but he's anything but chill yeah, so yeah he's he's more of a <laughs> he's more of a magma mantis yeah or whatever. <laughs> whatever the fuck that thing is <laughs> yeah um Oh, man. So kind of along with that choice is, uh, I think, my favorite part of the game, which is the reputation system. Uh, it's a huge deal because you kind of have these three different temperaments that you can affect uh, at any given time, um, either professional, aggressive, or suave, uh, which takes a cue from the three different JBs in popular spy fiction, Jack Bauer, Jason Bourne, and James Bond. Um, and each person that you work with responds differently. So this person might like being hit on, uh, this person might enjoy being hit. It kind of just <laughs> runs the gamut. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, and it's, it's really interesting because you, you can find these kind of dossiers to find more about people to kind of try to guess what they might respond well to. Um, but what I really appreciate is, is it's not a puzzle where there's just kind of a right answer because you get perks and advantages for both high and low scores, um, you know, depending on whether they love you or hate you. You know, it's similar. It's like a real uh, Sart kind of idea. You know, <laughs> let uh, let people you know cheer when I go to go to my execution rather than than do nothing. You know, it's <laughs> right. better to have an impact than than no impact at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, like the like, it's not always a popularity contest. Like you can actually you get sometimes an advantage by pissing somebody off so much that they fight shitty or you know do something that is not in their best interest right right so yeah choice is rewarded and in, in pretty much every every time you make a choice you're yeah. given some kind of reward mm-hmm. this game yeah so you know similar to deus ex along with the choice kind of thing you know as you level up in certain stats you get different abilities uh, kind of has a mass effect-esque uh, you know active combat skill kind of thing you can do 
um, in terms of like, oh, if you're in pistols, you can just freeze time and mark your shots like in a splinter cell conviction and then just fire them off, oftentimes clearing a room or uh, like, I'm just invisible now. Like those are the kinds of skills that they uh, that open up. Right, right. And there are different kind of skills, skills for different branches. We'll probably both end up talking about stealth a lot yeah. uh, because it's very, very powerful. Um, there are other ways to play it that are viable, um, but stealth is probably the most fun. Mm-hmm. Um, this game was really shat on by the press when it when it first came out um, to a to a bewildering degree. The uh, the Destructoid review like made me mad at the internet for the first time in a while. Like not mad at a person, <laughs> but like this person has a different opinion about video game. That makes me angry. And that, <laughs> or even worse than that, video game press is awful. News at eleven. Yeah, well, to- totally. And like that's a guy people tend to like. Like he's got some kind of cachet, I believe. Um, but mm-hmm. the uh, uh, it like literally made me mad because it was it's so hyperbolic and petty and and just feels you know contrarian um but the game has been redeemed a lot it's kind of got this cult favorite status um one of my favorite little bits of that is the uh uh, on the something awful thread the alpha protocol threads title is uh hated by the same critics who love dragon age 2 which (laughs) which is pretty funny because uh, dragon age 2 is pretty rough um a sequel to this game was planned but it was canceled because uh, the game performed really poorly sold poorly and was received poorly Mm mm-hmm but I think that uh, I'm very happy that we played it for the show uh, because, boy, is this a good thing to have in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Alpha <laughs> yeah. Radical, I, I, I love this fucking game. Yeah, it's it, fucking great. Yeah, it's, it's I, super, super good. Yeah. So. And like the, the, the first time I played it, it was like right after it launched. It was kind of on a rental. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, by, and by rental, I mean GameStop has a policy where they let employees check out games. Uh, if you buy a new game from them and it's opened, a, uh, an employee probably played it. Ask for a different one um, mm-hmm. that is shrink-wrapped. Um, but yeah, like it was on three days and I didn't have a chance to really see the stuff that was cool and unique about it. So, um, it's cool to have gone back and given it a second chance. It it does continue the, the watch out for fireballs tradition of putting its worst foot forward. Yeah. You know, like, um, you know, there's, it's, I was almost just about to say there are three types of games, games with good beginnings, <laughs> good middles and good ends. But it, <laughs> I mean, like as a tautology, yeah, like, yeah. if you admit that as a tautology, it becomes yeah. a funny joke. Yeah. It is pretty, pretty dumb thing to say, but it, you do, there are games that, you know, you notice that where it's like, they just have this kind of first part that it mm-hmm. takes a long time to warm up or games that really lose it at the end. Um, and, uh, and this, this is, uh, this is one of those, those games that the beginning is not as strong. As it kind of gets, and it takes a little while to reveal exactly why it's special. So mm-hmm. I don't necessarily blame people or put off by it, but uh, I'm, you know, I'm really glad I played it, and I'm, I'm really glad that, uh, you know, more people are able to give it a chance. It is constantly mm-hmm. on sale on Steam. So yeah, yeah, easy like, to get I, like, I think it's like like three bucks. I, I picked it up on like for yeah for three dollars on Steam, uh, which made no sense because I already had an Xbox 360 copy. Yeah, well, I think when I first bought it, I bought it for seven bucks. Uh-huh. Um, you know, because I wasn't going to like, I, I like Obsidian a lot, but it's also a modern kind of military game, which is not my thing. Uh, so, you know, it ended up kind of working out well. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about the plot, Cole. Yeah. So this is, uh, similar to the past couple of games that we've done. You can't really give the entire plot summary on this, uh, just because all of the deceit and, uh, corruption is, uh, is, is the way that everything goes. But, uh, you know, the, the events of the game kind of start off with a civilian airliner being shot down by Al Samad, kind of the, uh, the Al Qaeda terrorist organization stand in, um, mm-hmm. in this, you know, modern day. I think it's like su- supposed to be concurrent. Like it's supposed to be like 2010, something like that, mm-hmm. 2011. I don't know if a date's given. And, uh, shortly thereafter, uh, Agent Michael Thornton, you know, kind of wakes up, uh, <laughs> on a medical table in an, in an underground facility with nothing but, uh, a, a voice on his PDA to guide him. And, uh, after, you know, 
realizing that this is their induction ceremony, mm-hmm. <laughs> abducting you and then forcing you to fight them. Uh, turns out that he's been recruited into Alpha Protocol, which is this secretive, off-the-books U.S. intelligence agency that is designed specifically to give uh, people plausible deniability. Yeah, yeah. so real, real classic genre stuff yeah. there. I love how they, they strip you of everything except for your Newton... Like you're able to keep yeah. the little, uh, and I, I love that, uh, that PDA with like, it's real re- crazy keyboard that only has letters essentially <laughs> yep. like it's you know, mono functional yeah. PDA and he, he never uses them. Like he never uses the touchpad on yep. it, um, or the, uh, the keyboard on it. Mm-hmm. The, um, so Alpha protocol, once you've been recruited, tasks you with investigating this terrorist attack, uh, because Al Samad used top secret weapon, weaponry from the Halliburton or Halbeck <laughs> corporation to, uh, to pull it off. Um, after you confront the terrorist leader, Shahid, uh, missiles of unknown origin strike the compound, destroying the evidence, and Alpha Protocol burns Thornton. So yeah. they are doing the old plausible deniability super shuffle. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. And uh, so operating using safe houses so secret that Alpha Protocol doesn't even know about them, uh, Thornton and his handler, uh, Mina Tang, uh, investigate this apparent conspiracy around the world uh, with various ins and outs and betrayals that we will surely discuss in the coming uh, two hours or so, ultimately revealing that Halbeck is manipulating world events in order to uh, profit from a state of perpetual war. Right. And, and you know, it kind of comes out that they are uh, they're, they're not really doing great at it. They're going to actually <laughs> yep. cause some serious problems. So, so yeah, right now we're still very much in, in straight up spy genre fiction. Like the idea of the, uh, the safe house is so secret they don't know about them and, and operating in cells and stuff. That's very standard, but, uh, it's still neat. Like I still like that idea. Like this is so secretive that you can use it against yeah. the organization. That's still really cool to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the, uh, so you start off, you get some options to kind of build your character from the top. Um, notably you can only choose as a recruit. Or uh, start as a recruit in the beginning. Uh, the mm-hmm. new game plus mode is as a uh, veteran. Um, I tried to get in some new game plus uh, before I played, but for some reason the game seemed to have forgotten that I I had beaten it, so it wouldn't so. unlock the uh, the veteran mode. But it gives yeah. you new dialogue and and kind of makes you overpowered. At that yeah. point, you start off as a master of everything, not as a master, but you have three uh, skill points in every discipline. Right, which gets you like. Uh, that a lot of meat is in those first three skill points. Like that's where you get a uh, uh, awareness on stealth. Yeah. Like so, without having to make those kinds of investments uh, right away, um, it puts you in a good spot to use whatever you pick up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But um, you're also after you select your, your your opening kind of specialties and whatnot, you're introduced to the framing device of this, which is Thornton being kind of interrogated by this uh, very gaudily dressed. Uh, character, uh, which you'll find out he's, he's from Halbeck. His name is, uh, Henry Leyland. And, uh, he's kind of like talking to you. And this is all taking place in flashbacks, you know, to, you know, figure out exactly what happened. And they, they do such a good job of making this guy just look unlikable as hell. <laughs> yeah. Like, even without his shitty suit, like just his face, like it's not like, you know, uh, uh, what is it, LA Noir style, you know, facial, uh, capture, <laughs> but he does look like a piece of shit that you hate. Mm-hmm. You know, not, I mean, he acts like it too, but he just looks yeah. contemptible. Mm-hmm. You know, right off and, the bat. Yeah. And that is like a huge strong suit. You know, as we go through and as these characters are, are introduced, we're going to gush again and again. But like something this game does so well, and I don't know if it's just a function of the genre or just a function of, you know, the writing talent behind it, but uh, like characterization, like characters. There's so many likable characters in this. And I would even put Leyland under this because, like, oh, he's just such an effective villain. He's t- he's totally an effective villain, which is weird because I was reading those reviews. Like, that's something that 
this game kind of got blasted on. You know, people are saying that the characters are very flat. And I think that they're just not outsized. Like, it feels more like the acting feels a little bit more naturalistic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I'm not saying that it's, you know, this is a stage play or anything, but, <laughs> right. it, you know, most video games are, it's, it's not quite as melodramatic mm-hmm. as a lot of video games. And that might have been what people were picking up on. But I, I actually yeah. think that for the most part, the characters are, are all, you know, pretty well, well rounded. Like, you don't get a lot of character development. Uh, among characters other than the the main character, but they all are more than just kind of ciphers, right? And uh, and you get a good idea of what they are interested in, what their values are, pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which is essential because they've tied that into the gameplay. Like they've taken this thing that is a, you know, a part of the cinematic and story experience and tied it into the gameplay, which is something I'm always going to appreciate. Yeah, and throwing in that supplementary material about their backgrounds. Like, I will always be a fan of the codex. Yeah. And so, like, working that in and, you know, having that, you know, when you level somebody up, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. getting their secret, you know, like, their their secret, their most personal detail they can use as a weapon against them. I mean, just God, weaponizing dialogue is always going to be one of the best things in a game. Yeah, so, yeah that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. Again, with, a, like, you know, kind of deus ex style. <laughs> um, so you wake up at Alpha Protocol. You're in a medical bay. Um, you get to grab your Newton, and uh, and and Mina starts talking to you, and this is the first um, exposure to that dialogue system where you just kind of have the general trends as to mm-hmm. you know what kind of bee you want to be. Yeah, and uh, because my I'm, I don't know if I should be like ashamed of this or not. My 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 inclination when I play a game like this is to be the Han Solo type character. Mm. So so I flirt like and and noticing right away like by pressing that suave um, that suave button. Uh, that she, you get that little negative one score. It almost is an anti-Pavlovian thing. Like pressing this button made a number go down. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> and uh, she does develop because she starts responding well to that. And I think that happens a little bit with some characters in the game where what they respond to kind of shifts. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, like yeah. that, like that, that like before you get the rundown from Yancey about uh, about how this actually works. That is your uh, that is your introduction to it. Well, they they do a good job too. Um, shortly after this, so if you if you do that, you hit suave um, or aggressive, both of which she doesn't like. Um, you get the negative one, and then you're like, well, shit, I need to be professional. The next person you're professional, you do the the you know the next dialogue set. If you choose that third option, you immediately get a perk for choosing one of each. Mm-hmm. So it's telling you like you don't have to pick one of these. This isn't an alignment. You know, just pick what, what you think will work best. And they tell you that in a gameplay way in addition to narrating it to you yeah. by, by giving you an actual perk for it. Yeah, and this game gives you perks for everything. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah, reward reward everything. Like the way mm-hmm. you want to play is important and valuable to us as developers. Yeah. So it, it's viable. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so the... <laughs> <laughs> the the, the tutorial is pretty much just a run of the mill kind of thing. You know, like we said, not really leading with the best foot. Uh, kind of the most salient uh, thing is that it kind of introduces you to the various mini games that you're going to find. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So like the the door alarm cracking mini game, you're kind of trying to trace these lines to uh, to numbers from along the bottom. I didn't have trouble with that. How about you? Uh, no, that's that's pretty easy. Yeah. And, and I like it too. Like I, I think mm-hmm. that they're timed really well because it feels very easy. But for some of the more difficult ones, I would end up with you know less than a second left while not actually yeah. feeling stressed out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really cool when I look up and see that I just barely made it. Yeah, and uh, lock picking. Like so, you you played this on PC, right? Uh yeah. How does lock picking work? Because it really uh, relies on the pressure sensitivity of the uh, of the triggers on the console. Um, you move the mouse. Oh, up and down. Um, to mm. to lock them into place. That actually sounds a lot easier. Yeah, it's it's not too bad. The um, yeah. I think that the other mini game is actually easier on the uh, Xbox than it is on PC. Oh, um, the, the the hacking. Yeah. 
because <laughs> um, I mean that's that, that's by heart, far the hardest one. But the uh, the controls are super touchy with a mouse. Oh. Um, you know because it, you're you're not uh, since it's an analog. I guess it would be that, like that with the controller too. But doing the WASD, you know, it's very easy. I move down. I move down one row of letters. Mm-hmm. But with the uh, the mouse, it's much much swimmier. Oh wow! So there's always going to be one set that you're trying. To, so we should explain what the what the hack yeah. game is because it is pot like it, it feels like it was designed specifically to exploit a weakness in my visual processing. I think it's it's designed <laughs> to exploit everyone's weakness. Yeah. Like, I think it's just supposed to be hard, and you eventually just kind of. <laughs> but have I'm to... supposed to be special. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think that you eventually just kind of can can figure it out or not. Like it gives yeah. you an option around it if you can't. But this took me a long time to get used to. Yeah. So you're given this this big field, this array of uh, of of matrix of characters. Letters. Yeah, matrix letters that that, yeah. that are like shifting really constantly, but there are some that are kind of put like put in there that don't move. Uh, it's like a string of five letters or and numbers that remain static. But the problem is you have to seek them out and actually see the ones that aren't moving. Mm-hmm. And you have a, a timer to get those, and then once you find one, you can lock it in. Um, yep. But after the timer resets, so it has kind of a timer for the whole thing, and then a timer for when they'll reset. Yeah. Um, so if you lock one in, then you've made it for that cycle, but then you have to find the other one to find both of them in time. I ended up using the same kind of techniques I use for a magic eye <laughs> for this, where like if you just kind of look past the screen, um, yeah. my eyes would be drawn to what isn't moving eventually. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I just had a, it was a real relax your eyes kind of thing. It never got easy, but that's how I ended up doing it. Yeah, whenever I did that, like, so I heard that tip and I was like, oh, I'll try this. I did it and I kind of zoned out and I stopped watching the clock as much as I did and I mm. couldn't, I couldn't eject from the scene. So I was like, well, we got to reload. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, it makes sense that that's the toughest one because there's very important stuff hidden in those computers. Like that's how you get a lot of dossier information. It's one of your primary sources of income uh, throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, that's the most pro- plot relevant mini game. But uh, boy, it, it 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 never ceases to be a struggle. Yeah, and and one of the things this game does is when you uh, start hacking or or lock picking, you know, world the world doesn't freeze. It's not like Bioshock where you can literally jump up into the air, start hacking mm-hmm. a camera. And then, you know, finish doing it and then land. Um, so <laughs> this one, you know, if you have to lock a, if people know you're there and you have to unlock a door, you might get away with it. Uh, but if people know you're there and you have to hack a computer, good fucking luck. Because, <laughs> because that is, that's too much pressure for me. I cannot be shot while doing this. Yeah. And, uh, that makes mess up. What was frustrating is for me it was more the controls on this part laying me down is me seeing the thing, but not getting to it in time with the mouse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that happened to me more than me not being able to find them. And I would find even on the 360, which is why I played it on, it would like the the numbers would hitch up, mm. like I would be pressing down on the analog stick, um, and it just wouldn't go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, it's an interesting system because the other two mini games are kind of out of the box mini games. I don't mm-hmm. feel like I've seen this before, but it is, and the difficulty needs to be knocked down just a little bit. I think. Yeah, like the lock picking is pretty close to the lock picking in Oblivion. Yeah, yeah, it's very yeah. similar. Um, and then the uh, the the other one, the alarm panel one, I've seen mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, more in like kind of collections of uh, uh it's almost like a ga- like a like a goofus and gallant, like it's a highlights <laughs> game. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so I need another placemat. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't solved the map yet. <laughs> yeah. oh, crocodile. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, man, I really need to stop watching The Simpsons. I, I, well, it's, Se- it makes it easy season- for me since they're not going in show notes. <laughs> season nine yeah um but uh, well you probably you probably you really do need to stop watching the simpsons <laughs> so yeah you're getting there <laughs> i think i've got like so, so i'm up to where i was watching it uh contemporary contemporaneously mm-hmm. you know 
Um, I'm like, I recognize the first time that I saw those episodes when they were like airing new. Uh, but I think I maybe have like two or three more seasons left before it starts becoming a war crime. Yeah. So. yeah it'd be interesting if you like stick with it and go through those. Mm-hmm. Like I'd be, yeah. you know, Oh, that's uh that, that's the plan. Honestly. Yeah. That's cool. Like I'll, I'll be interested to hear what, what you have to say. Like having mm-hmm. watched those like legendarily shitty seasons. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but I'll keep giving updates. Yeah, but you're please, right. Please that, that probably ought not go into the show notes. Yeah, yeah. The uh, and just Simpsons references just don't go into show notes. Yeah, yeah. There, there's but, been enough. We like the Simpsons. You guys get it. <laughs> you understand. You know. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, you know, you're kind of going through this. It's combat. You know, like it's introducing combat and stuff to you here. And this is part one of the uh, of the of the tutorial. But uh, you are kind of taking people out, and it introduces you to the really bad cover system. Yeah. Yeah, the cover system is pretty rough. Like, I don't think it's quite as bad as it's made out to be, but it doesn't work as well as it maybe should. Can we, can we put a blanket statement across everything? Nothing in this game is as bad as the critics say. Yeah, was. yeah. Like, this is the cover system. I think that, like, literally in that destructoid review, like, said that it was a, like, shit. Like, I think he used War Crime. And, like, I've played games <laughs> with, like, way worse cover systems than this. Sh- like, this, this, it's pretty, it's annoying. Like, it is annoying. It doesn't always work the way you want it to. Yeah, uh, it's a hard problem to solve. Like, and it's something that I really, re- like, I really admire Gears of War for is like they're just unabashed about like let's just design these levels in such a way that we know what you're going to stick against. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if and, the, uh, and that's uh, the that's the problem here. You just don't know what you're going to stick against. The um, a real good <clears throat> use of that is a uh, Hewn Revolution. The, the cover yeah. that does cover really really well. Every time I think I'm going to sit down and play Human Revolution, like I got it on PC, like you know, like like right around the time that I got my uh, my, my living room PC, like okay, I'm going to go play it, and it's like, oh well, Alpha Protocol's coming up. Like, well, yeah. it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> they're, they're pretty like, every t- every time I go to play Human Revolution, we have a sh- we have a game just like it come up for the show. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll run out of them eventually. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the co- the cover doesn't quite work. As you expect it to, um, the uh, uh, and you know the the rest of it's pretty standard, um, the the shooting and then sneaking up behind people, knocking yeah. them out. It should be noted that at this point you don't have a knife, so you can't right. do lethal takedowns, and you pick up a tranquilizer gun. So if mm-hmm. you didn't know that you were actually being, you know, you weren't actually supposed to kill these men, um, yeah. these are some subtle hints. I like the payoff on this though. Like after you start beating the shit out of these guys, yeah. like what, what comes back is like, oh yeah, these guys are really going to want to take it out on you for beating. Yeah. Them. Yep. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Cause these are your colleagues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, something about the, about the shooting that I really like is the critical hit yeah. uh, mechanic, just as we're, as we're getting the generalities out of the way here. Um, is the, the, the more time that you spend with your, uh, with your crosshair over somebody, uh, there's going to be like a little miniature crosshair that, uh, tightens up on them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if you, if you get it, uh, as tight as it can be, then you get a critical uh, hit off, and eventually that is just a one hit kill. Yeah, especially with a headshot, and you get a bunch of different kind of skills that can affect that. So you can, you yeah. know, start lining that up from further away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which is which is kind of the big one, and that's huge. Yeah, and it, it does a great job at slowing down the uh, the pace of the combat, which I think is where the combat is most successful. Yeah, I agree. Like uh, the the kind of uh, like slow stealthy. You know, I think it works really well as a as a slow stealthy murder everybody. And make your yeah. way through game. It worked. I've, I've watched a playthrough. Um, Bob and Threadbare, the guy who uh, does the Deus Ex Let's Play that I like, that I mentioned a couple episodes back, mm-hmm. um, did a couple playthroughs of this, and one of which was um, you know all orphans playthrough because one of the things we find out is that you get stats at the end of level mm-hmm. that are orphans created. Um, and one of my favorite details in the game is it actually is accurate to the area you're in. So yeah. if you <laughs> yeah, so if you're in China, every person you kill leaves one orphan. 
if you are in, you know, uh, the Middle East, like you get a few orphans, but when you're killing, uh, you know, uh, kind of agents and such, mm-hmm. um, you know, you get none because or none or one because those people tend not to have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was trying to create as many orphans as possible in this playthrough and just did uh, assault rifles. And it's totally viable. Like it works as like a, a an average kind of Gears of War third person shooter that mm-hmm. way. It's just not I don't think it's the best way to play it. I love the idea that you're killing all these mourning single fathers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, just killing a dad. Like, oh, man, my dad died in a car accident when I was 10. I'm an orphan. Like, your mom is, like, right in the same room with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just, you know, all of these agencies, like, oh, man, what am I going to do? <laughs> just recruiting. <laughs> like, going to funerals. <laughs> There's all these all these mothers died in childbirth. And yeah. that's that's how you get recruited. <laughs> Yeah. It's some kind of like Sephiroth program. <laughs> <laughs> like they find out that there's some kind of mystical mystical ether that is released in you while you're in mourning. <laughs> it's like it makes you a super soldier. That's how you turn invisible. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to look at a man who's crying. You ever see somebody crying on the max? You don't want to look at him. <laughs> invisible monsters. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man but yeah that's uh that's a pretty macabre thing we should ask chris about that yeah yeah I, i'll be curious about that. what happened to all those wives yeah. um wives and mothers <laughs> yeah um, we should also say if you're listening to this uh we're going to be talking with chris avalon mm-hmm. um uh you know one of the guys behind the game yeah. for the extra sub in a week yeah even though like i was just thinking about that like you do kill some i do feel like you kill some female soldiers yeah. At a certain point too. So then they're, they're, they're just widows instead of widowers. Yeah. So at least it's yeah. e- equal opportunity weird. Yes. Um, so you eventually you run into Yancey, um, mm-hmm. at this after you've done a, a few different rooms teaching you the basics. And, uh, Yancey is kind of the, the, you know, the head of Alpha Protocol at this point. It gives you the, gives you the rundown as to what, you know, you're being recruited. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, says that line that Cole said that all these guys are wrong, gonna want to take shit out on you. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. And this is where he gives the run, gives you the rundown too, saying, Hey, we brought you in because you're a master manipulator. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, uh, I, I felt like it did a great job of putting the emphasis on like, yeah, the dialogue in this is going to be really, really important mm-hmm. right down to, he says, you probably noticed that I really only like it when you're a pro. That's like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And the, it kind of, you know, underlines it here and then stops holding your hand. So from this point on, it's up to you to, to gauge the reactions of people. Mm-hmm. Um, you get your first mission, which is to stop the, the Al-Samad terrorist organization led by Shahid, mm-hmm. um, which we mentioned in the, the plot summary. And then you have an optional tutorial um, where yeah. you can kind of go through, but it's useful because you're going to meet these people who are going to be important um, yeah. throughout the game. The three mm-hmm. different uh, handlers. You yeah. Have. So you go to the gadgets, which is kind of your grenades and uh, mines and such. Like it's the items um, for combat. And you meet Darcy. I fucking hate Darcy. Yeah, Darcy. But apparently, you can get in good with him. Yeah, yeah, you can you can get in good with Darcy. I feel, I love the uh, the perk for hating Darcy, where it's like um, because he's got a real insecurity, like you know I should be on the mission. You know you're a piece of shit, <laughs> and it's just to prove that that you're right, that you are the right person to go on the mission. So if you get him to dislike you, I think the the perk says something about that to that effect. It's called something like that, like I'm the better yeah. agent. Um, so getting him down to, to negative is really good. Um, yeah. He he is obnoxious though. Yeah, his dad's a his daddy's a senator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the wealthy have never been more popular in this country. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you get your weapons tutorial with Mina, um, who uh, you know you've already met through that, and uh, who will turn yeah. out to be very important for the story. Yeah, as we call. I like Mina. Yep. And then uh, your stealth tutorial with Parker, um, who like I like the voice actor for this guy a lot. Like this yeah. guy is, is a real cold, cold customer. Yeah, uh, I was hoping that he would be more of a factor because I I love a son of a bitch in media. Yeah, yeah. 
he can be more of a like there's a variable degree to which he can be a factor. Mm-hmm. Um, when he shows up later, the way that plays out can go a lot of different ways. Um, yeah. It should be noted that this game has more like probably more variables than any game that I can think of. It's Herculean. Yeah, it, it's it's incredible. So I played through this four times, um, three or four times, and I haven't seen close to everything. Um, there are a lot of things I've only read about that can happen. So I might mention those when I know them, but if, uh, if we end up having, you know, we're not trying to say this is the canonical way that something happens because yeah. things can happen in a lot of different ways. And I will own this. Like the notes that we have here are based on my playthrough and the order that I did things in. Mm-hmm. So like just if you're like, oh, you totally should, you totally should get on Moscow first. Well, you totally shouldn't. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. That, that's actually incorrect. However, yeah. um, and I'll point out uh, what's different. When yeah. I when I remember, but I, I I'm not a walking Wikipedia of this game. I don't know all of those yeah. little bits, mm-hmm. so you'll forgive me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Parker's pretty cool, um, and it gives you the stealth kind of thing. I remember this being the real hang up for me when I was like the first time that I played through, just uh, saying like, oh, the stealth is not great in this. But that was before I realized that oh, this is this is Batman Arkham Asylum stealth. Yeah. Like, it's not, I don't want to be seen Metal Gear Solid Splinter Cell stealth. This is, I need to get into a position to make it advantageous to get the first shot in. Right. And it's, um, it's also something that it emphasizes um, the RPG nature where you're not going to be good at anything until you start mm-hmm. developing it. So, yeah. like, all of these things are pretty tough. Um, it's because you're, un, you're more or less unskilled at them. Um, so, you know, shooting, like, people who complain about this because, you know, you put the, the crosshair somewhere and you don't actually hit that spot... Well, it's, it's an RPG. It's tied to a stat. So there, yeah. there's a role going on behind the, behind the scenes there. And if you want to be good at shooting, you have to, to make that known, you know, and start developing your character. Yeah. 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 But, uh, you go through this and, uh, yeah, you're pretty much let out. This, I believe, is the first, uh, the first mention of Halbeck. Yes. Uh, specifically because I have written in the notes here, quote, Halbeck lol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this is Operation Desert Spear, which is pretty yeah. pretty funny as well. Again, uh, like, and, and I like how it's kind of like setting it up. Like you're you're going after terrorists, right? Like it's almost fainting towards being like a jingoistic twenty four esque. Like we're gonna go out there and shoot some brown people, rah rah rah, kind of. Yeah. Thing. But by the end of it, it's kind of like, oh, this game is a criticism of the military industrial complex. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's got a little <laughs> bit of that. Like, it's not quite, you know, spec ops subversive, but yeah. it, it has a little bit of that going for it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you find out that Shahid had used, had used, uh, had used, Jesus Christ, had used <laughs> uh, stolen Halbuck missiles to shoot down this airliner. And uh, you get three leads. You know, you're in the safe house and you have these three leads that you can go through. Um, you can either go to uh, Nasari, who is a weapons dealer. Um, you can go to this airfield um, where you are. Boy, what the, the reason you're going to the airfield? I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. And there's a detention it's, it's always as well. We, we, weapon data or order dossiers. Yeah, yeah. You're just you're trying to just gather intelligence at yeah. this point. Um, and you introduce this idea of the safe house, which like we've talked about it in DSX and everything. I love a game with a rhythm mm-hmm. like that. Like you're going to go out and do some action, and then you're going to come back to your home base, read some emails, and 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 chill out a little bit. I really like that. I love how much detail is put into these safe houses. Like you, you can just walk around them. Like any one of these would be like a dream apartment. Yeah, yeah, they're really, they're really nice. Like, a, yeah. especially, um, I love the one in. Uh, I think it's the one in uh, uh, Rome that initially looks really shitty. No, that's not the no, one in Rome. Taipei. Yeah, Taipei. Taipei. I love that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because at first I was like, oh, of course there's going to be one that's just a garbage hole. 
But uh, but nope. It's like nope. You have a you have a, a, a Gus Spring Lab underneath. Yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> yep, super lab. Um, yeah, and you you can you introduce the computer systems. So you're going to have emails. You're going to interact with people through email using the same more or less. Uh, kind of system of dialogue. I love that. I like that too. And, uh, you know, and you can actually see exactly what you write, you know, in this one and, and you can kind of see how the conversation will go, but it affects per, uh, reputations and, and the missions as well. And then you also have this kind of uh, dresser for, for doing weapons. Which is the most, it's a transformer. It is the most high tech thing that's ever been. <laughs> like it literally just out into a weapon rack, high tech weapon rack. Yep. I don't even own a gun. Yeah, let little, alone an entire dresser. <laughs> let alone a morphing dresser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Um, yeah. So my first lead that I took was uh, was was tracking out Nasri, mm-hmm. uh, the, the the weapons dealer, and uh, Yancy is your uh, is your handler for this. I think it's the only time he's going to be your handler. Um. Yes. Okay. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It gives you an opportunity to like bluff to, to bluff your way into this facility, and there are going to be missions where like we kind of gloss over what the area is um, because that's not really the high point of the game. <laughs> like the purpose that some of these areas serves, there are standouts, but like a lot of them are like, oh, this is a facility for weapons, or for especially HR. here, especially in yeah. this hub. Like this hub is is the worst of that, and I think that's why people, you know, again, not putting its best foot forward. Like, yep. this is just kind of, you know, uh, sand and brownness yeah. going on. You know, brown but, walls and sand. Yeah, But this is where I learned my lesson about stealth. Like, combat is inevitable to a certain degree. Like, to the point where, like, non-lethal playthroughs say, yeah, save up a lot of money for Trank Darts. Yeah, yeah. It, it is not. Yeah, exactly. It is It is difficult to be non-lethal. You can actually do a lot. If you put enough points into stealth, you can do a lot just by sneaking up behind people, turning invisible and shit. But you don't have the skill for that at this point. So you are going to end up, you know, killing some of these people more than likely, or at least tranking them. And trink darts are really expensive. That feels like it has to be intentional yeah. to me. Like that would, they wanted to make it like an extra challenge to be, to be non-lethal mm-hmm. um, because there's, there's so much more expensive than actual regular bullets. Um, also, this is a place where you can bluff your way into the facility, mm-hmm. which um, this is something the game does every once in a while. Uh, lets you kind of choose your, uh, your uh, path in. And uh, talking, especially in these combat-centric areas, is just a way to bypass um, fights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can get it. You can get a kind of advanced into the level a little bit, and uh, they do it in a really interesting way later, where what you're wearing actually determines your success yep. at doing that, and the different tacks you can take. Mm-hmm. Um, here, I don't think it does because it's 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 the modern Middle East. Everyone's wearing combat <laughs> a, armor all the time. Yeah, it's a Middle East hellhole. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. everybody you know constantly wearing a uh, combat armor, but later that you know they'll. If you come in somewhere wearing combat armor, trying to st- yeah. you know not stand out, it doesn't mm-hmm. quite work. I don't actually believe every place in the Middle East is a hellhole. No, it yeah, is yeah. A hellhole. It is a hellhole that happens to be in the Middle East. It is I also in video games. It is more of a video yes. game trope than anything that we're pointing out. Yeah, um, you know, it'd be it would be refreshing to see a video game where you spend any time in the Middle East without shooting somebody. Yeah, like like the closest thing I can think of is Super Mario Brothers Two. <laughs> uh, Assassin's Creed Revelations puts you in uh, in Turkey in Istanbul, but that's mostly stabbing people. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you so, so you so you're not shooting people by default. There we go. Well, that makes it better. Um, yeah, if, if anyone can think of a game that you spend any time in the Middle East without shooting or killing people, let us know because yeah. that's pretty amazing. Um, yeah. So you, so you kind of make your way through here, um, doing the well, it has that the Deus Ex, um, you know, uh, Dishonored thing where there are little side rooms. 
and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I love exploring abandoned apartments in video games for some reason. Yep. But lines like just going there and you just find a computer or a little bit of money or something. And mm-hmm. uh, it's really encouraged because you don't get any funding uh, from Alpha Protocol. All the money you use and you're going to use for intelligence and everything you have to find. I so, love the phrase they have for that, yellow brick roading. Yeah. Yep, yep. That's <laughs> super good. And the uh, it just happens to be that all these terrorists just leave lockboxes and duffel bags full of cash <laughs> out everywhere. So, uh, you know, you, you got to find them shits. Um, but essentially, you're just kind of making your way to this climax encounter with Nazri. Yeah. Uh, is there a is there a fight here? There can be. Um, well, there's the fight with the room. Like you're not, I don't think it's a fight oh, yeah. with Nasri. Like, um, there's the room, th- this is the room with the, uh, the missile or the tank in it. Did you set off the, the missile? No, no, I didn't. You, you can, there's no reason to, it just sets off an alarm and, uh, Yancey goes, what the <laughs> hell was that? And you say, uh, must've been interference and just kind of gloss over it while soldiers are rushing you. Uh, because you just come across this missile in the middle of the room with a control panel. It's like, do you know, shoot the missile? Yeah, of course. Sure. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I specifically for the playthrough for this, uh, tried to be an aggressive asshole, um, uh-huh. because I'd never really done that before. Um, so yeah. I was, I was YOLO and everything, um, including <laughs> this missile. And I also yeah. wanted to try to do, uh, there's a character later who I wanted to try to seduce just so I could see what would happen. Cause I haven't done mm-hmm. it. You know, sex and video games are gross. I've said it before, but the, uh, <laughs> I just never, you know, I wanted to have the experience. So I had to be a real aggressive asshole to do that. Right. But uh, uh, yeah. Nazri is a great uh, is, is a great encounter too because you can decide what to do with him and this has implications too. Mm-hmm. Like you know your your option is either kill him, uh, let him go, um, and if you let him go, the idea is that you track him back to you know back to Shahid. Mm-hmm. And I think he gives you a discount on weapons. Yes, like you like you can actually explicitly extort him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, when the um, you know, when you, and as soon as you do it, it gives you a, or in their debriefing, which I love those debriefings where it like, oh, it's so great. it tells you the articulation points. Like if you are making a choice without really seeing that you're making a choice, it tells you, and it says, you know, you killed Nazri, the, the forces in this area are going to be less well armed or, um, but they're going to be on more higher alert, right? you know, or something like that. It's just, it's a cost benefit for everything that you do. Yeah. Those recaps are great. Um, a, because they're being written by somebody else about you. Mm-hmm. Um, after the fact, uh, so from a textual standpoint, they're pretty interesting. Uh, but also, uh, like if you missed anything, like so, like sometimes things move a little bit quick, uh, for my slow-witted uh, self, and so having that recap at the end for like sitting down and kind of like reconciling everything together, mm-hmm. um, it, it's it's fantastic to have that debriefing. It doesn't even have to do with you being slow-witted. It has to do with the the fact that this plot is like really Byzantine. Yeah, like this gets really really tangly. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I opted to, uh, to, to extort Nasri. However, if you arrest him and turn him in, uh, there is a, uh, I, I hesitate to call it darkly comic because torture is not comic, but they make a point to say, like, you'll get emails saying, yeah, we had Nasri at a human pyramid trying to get, uh, information out of him. Like he gets, uh, Abu Ghraib. Yeah. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, bad implication. In, yeah, in, in in real life, but yeah, I think the yeah. So the the uh, so you went to uh, the detention center next, mm-hmm. uh, which out of these early ones, this is probably my least favorite uh, mission. There's yeah. new things that you do, but this first area I think is kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah, kind of that uh, that that urban valley. Yeah, with, uh, with the houses and stuff on either side. It looks cool. Yeah, like it's like the idea looking. that yeah, 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 it, it looks lived in, um, and uh, it, you know, it's it's complicated. I like the sandstorm aspect too. Yeah, 
Yeah, that, that's really neat. Like it, it, you know, lowers visibility for everyone, so you can kind of use that to your advantage. Um, just the, and once you get actually get into the the detention center, it's pretty neat. Um, but initially, like just kind of getting there is hard with that wide open area that's covered from from all sides. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty tricky. Yeah, I think this is your first sniper rifle too. Yeah, um, which which has <laughs> more mouse sensitivity than like every time you've lowered the mouse sensitivity on something. <laughs> in another game, it gets funneled into the mouse sensitivity for the sniper rifle in Alpha Protocol for some reason. Like I've never gotten those to work. Like I, you, I can use them because you know the the enemy. You know, well, I'm too far away to actually get them to, to aggro. Um, so I just get unlimited chances if they're far enough away. But man, is it hard to aim this fucker mm. and hard to see. Like it just looks so garbagey. Yeah. Ugh. But uh, I like the idea that you're not just walking around because sniper rifles are big. Yeah. And yeah. like if it just gave you one to walk around with. And like later on, like as you're buying resources and intelligence in the clearinghouse, which is your kind of black market, you could have them placed in levels. Mm-hmm. So if, if you want to use them, pay a little bit of money and use them. But if you don't mm-hmm. care for them, don't don't worry about it. I would <laughs> usually buy all the intelligence except for those because right. I don't like using them that much. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But it can give you a good advantage, um, uh, especially – I forget. Like, they're silenced. I never got alerted when I used them. They make um, – if, much... if something's close enough to you, I think that they'll alert if a soldier okay. is. Um, they make yeah. a huge noise, but I think that that's just because you're right next to it. I think they're supposed to be silenced Yeah, in the in the game world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like having Darcy as your handler in this uh, just because he's a huge asshole. And, again, sons of bitches and huge assholes are interesting in media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, you get down into this uh, into the tunnels and stuff, and you're told to follow the power lines, and you get some launch data or something. <laughs> you get a MacGuffin. <laughs> yeah, launch data. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, the Metal Gear test data. The um, yeah. I love this. The end part of this is kind of a final exam for Darcy's specialty, and mm-hmm. that's going to keep happening. So, like, the idea behind this one is that. Um, there's kind of like a little trap situ- situation at the end. You go through that complicated set of rooms with all the pillars and everything and uh, end up setting off an alarm and guys come after you. And in that room are tons of traps. Like if you yeah. want to set mines and, and such, you can make that like a playground, you yeah. know, as a straight up uh, Grave of the Saints style wrap row <laughs> area. Um, but or you can, you, you know, you can stealth out pretty easily as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I got the impression that like, OK, Darcy is the gadget guy. I get a gadget perk for using him. Here are a bunch of gadgets. This is, you know, extended tutorial. Yeah. I liked the uh, the escape scene in general, trying to get to the chopper. Yeah. Oh, God, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I did. That was totally unintentional. Why did I even say that? For the chopper, for the win. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like somebody farted in an elevator. Yeah. We so, Something happened and we suck now and we say those things. <laughs> something happened and we suck I don't, I don't know what it is, but now we use all those dumb internet sayings. <laughs> oh, we, we soldier through. That sucking just happened. Is, su- sucking has never stopped. Be- oh, yeah. God. I know, right? Why? I know. What's the point anymore? <laughs> I mean, sucking has never stopped people from making stuff. That's true. It's That's never, never stopped, stopped us, us before. Yeah. It is true. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Ooh. But, so yeah. after you get to the chopper... For the win, um, <laughs> you clear the landing zone, do a barrel roll, and uh, <laughs> escape. And to, nuke it from orbit. Yeah, and nuke it from orbit. All of your base nukes it from orbit, and you are ready to do the next mission. Yeah. This, so I went to the airfield. Yeah. Being, being that it was the last place I could go. And this is this is probably my favorite of these first three. I like the airfield a lot. 
Um, just lots of little like uh, you know side areas and warehouses to explore, and then lots of zip lining, like on <laughs> onto things, which I like zip lining onto a dude. Yep, it's always going to be something I like. Um, yeah, like the zip line is something that I find so hard to justify being in places. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can just imagine a world where that's constantly being used. Yeah, like just to get around. Mm-hmm. If I ever build like a dream house, I'm going to have like a, a tower and then also like a basement. And the way that you get from one to the other is the zip line. And that's where I'm going to put super rad chairs and cool arcade games. So you have to be a courageous man yeah. to get down there and play them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where you put the comic book, comic book library. Yep, exactly. Seventh pool. You just land in a big pile of uh, comic books, like <laughs> yeah. tons of X factors. Number two and <laughs> X forces. Number three. Uh, yeah. Um, this, uh, this area, I thought it was kind of cool because of all the choke points mm-hmm. in it. Like it puts you in a lot of places where uh, um, you're on either, you know, like either the good side or the bad side of a choke point. Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. And the um, the, uh, the uh, there's a little side mission here where there are some of um, Shahid's elite soldiers here yeah. um, that you can murder and weaken him for the next mission um, if you murder all of them. So yeah. I was playing in a real like I'm kill like like I said I was trying to romance that uh, specific character so I'm murdering everybody in this playthrough and uh, so I was going to anyway but if you end up leaving them alive you can kind of have a negative consequence which it looks like you've gotten yeah yep. yeah so I I didn't realize that it was because of that particular thing like not killing all of them what I thought was that you know because I think after running two of these you can do the final. Like, I, is it is it necessary for you to do all of the missions in a given hub? I did all of them because of the show. I can't remember. I would never not do yeah. all of them because, you know, the reason you play a game is for the content of the game, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. So. so so what I thought was, like, oh, you just put up too much activity. Like, there's too much heat now. So now for the final mission, they're going to be super on guard. But I'm kind of glad to hear that it's like, oh, you just didn't kill all of them. So now they're, so now they're pissed. Yeah, they're here. I don't know what you have to get to get the trigger if you didn't get told that they were here, because Mina mm-hmm. says like, Hey, while you're here, you know, Shahid's elite guards are hanging out as well. If you can take them out, it might be a good idea. It may, uh, it may have just been that it was poorly signposted. Totally. That's, that's totally yeah. possible. Or it's something that I did. Like, again, there are more flags in this game than, than yeah. anything than the United Nations. So like the, the, I might've just done something a couple of missions ago that, you know, unlocked an intelligence thing. That is the reason why she yeah. told me they were there. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, this opens up the final uh, the final uh, assault on Shahid in his uh, munitions depot that happens to be next to a super sweet airplane graveyard. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Someday I'll visit an airplane gra- airplane graveyard in real life, or an yeah. elephant graveyard, one or the other. So, <laughs> oh man, if it's Dumbo, it's both. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. That's true. Um, <laughs> Uh, but uh but yeah you you go here uh this is pretty cool in terms of like a neat little mini climax because it's you know it's a little like a, like a zero dark 30 moment you're going after the the ultimate bad guy mm-hmm. he's like a he's like a so he he technically is osama bin laden in this universe but he looks like Gaddafi. yeah a little yeah, bit. they're really hedging their bets yep. without <laughs> like he's he could be either or yep. um after you get through this uh plane graveyard you do a mini boss you know he has this lieutenant who's standing on a bridge um, and you have to take him out and you can either do it by force or by sneaking on up yeah, to him. And I you can actually so. non-lethal or not. Yeah. You can actually just knock him out. You can one hit him if you get up behind him, but mm-hmm. it's tricky. to. Yeah. I, I thought that stealth was mandatory for this. Cause every time I got spotted, I just got killed instantly. You get killed really quick. And especially at yeah. this point, because you are so, um, you know, you're so underpowered. What, uh, what armor were you rocking? 
I have absolutely no recollection. So the, the, the armor system is really interesting because none of the armors, um, there are three different types and they all give you advantages and disadvantages. So there is a, if you're using the stealth armor, if you're playing stealthily, that might be why you got shredded up as well mm-hmm. because there's a, a noisier but much heavier combat armor um, that oh, you can yeah. use as well. And then there's a tech armor that gives you more pockets which seems like the loser of the three things. Like, <laughs> photographer's vest. Yeah, exactly. That's more or less what it is. Um, yeah. So that, you know that that can be useful, but really, if you um, you know if you're using the heavy armor, you can uh, take this guy on one on one, which I usually will sneak up on him because it's cooler. Yeah, yeah, that's neat when you finally pull it off. But it took me a lot of tries. Yeah, it's it's difficult. Yeah, the boss fights in this game in general are pretty tricky. Um, so then you're fighting uh, Shahid, who is on a striker missile truck. Mm-hmm. Um, shooting rockets at you. And the only thing that can re- – you can hurt this thing with all of your weapons, but missile launchers are really the only thing that, that does significant damage. And yeah. all of a sudden, there are like seven of them just <laughs> leaning casually up against the wall, sprinkled from the heavens. <laughs> you smoking a cigarette yep. wearing sunglasses. Yeah, cool missile launchers. <laughs> yeah. Um, Telling you to disobey your parents. I, I love how, <laughs> how anytime there is like a boss fight that requires missile launchers, there's like seven one-use missile launchers just randomly about, and that's the only place you find them. Yep. Like, oh, but I mean, <laughs> of all the places in the entire world, a Halbeck Munitions Depot makes total sense to have them there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is true. That is so, so it's not like as ridiculous as like Streets of Taipei, missile launchers everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That is yeah. True. Um, I just, <laughs> the way this worked out for me, I shot like seven missiles at it, but it had just a little bit. So I finished it off with a pistol, yeah. which is kind of like, like, Beating somebody to within an inch of the, to within an inch of their life, and then poking them with a toothpick and having their head explode. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> a there's a it's like some TV trope thing. It's called yeah. like cherry tapping or something like that. I can't remember what it is. something tapping because um, it's a big fighting game thing. Like a lot of times in uh, kind of pro level fighting games, a character will have like a thumbs up move that does one sliver of health mm-hmm. and uh, finish you off an enemy with that. Is a real bragging rights. Thing, yeah. If you're one of those fighting game guys, one of, one of my favorite memes right now is the uh, it's the wasted meme. So it's a picture of somebody like having some kind of like accident and uh, like at the moment where they, you know, ostensibly would die, it puts up like a wasted. And they, they don't die, but it's just kind of like, oh, somebody's walking along down the street and they get like clipped by somebody walking by, but they fall over like they go ragdoll. Mm. And so it's like in Grand Theft Auto, like, boo, like slow down, wasted. Oh, wasted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you not mm. think I've seen that meme? Yeah, it's pretty funny. Hmm. I see what you did there. It's generally very high effort. I like high effort memes. Mm-hmm. Hence dick butt. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> um, anywho. Um, after you take out this tank, um, you talk to Shahid for a little while, and mm-hmm. uh, you get this you know, your, this really monumental choice at this point, and he gives you a lot of plot yeah, um, about yeah. what's actually going on. Yeah. And he trains you. Uh, so this mm-hmm. is something that'll pop up again and again. The people that you're talking to oftentimes are not on the opposite side. So you're being sent after people who are actually working for your interests, and you just don't know it. Yeah, and well, it's definitely it's like I mean, super gray morality because he definitely did blow up a plane. He definitely did blow that yeah. up. Yeah, so, yeah. So like painting in as broad of a stroke as possible, you know, like he just he, he is not what he seems, even though he did totally blow up a plane. Yeah, as, as good as you can be while blowing up a plane is, yeah. is Shahid. Um, so he's pretty much telling you about Halbeck and Halbeck's conspiracy at this point, giving you the hints of it, mm-hmm. and uh, really kind of um, you know laying out what we're going to spend the rest of the game exploring. Um, you get this option to either uh, let him live or attempt to arrest him or kill him. Um, again, I was playing Murder McGee at this point, so I, I murdered him. But all my actual playthroughs where I'm playing is Gary McGee. I, uh, I let him live because I'm like, oh, shit, I hate big 
weapons manufacturers. Um, <laughs> but right after this happens, a missile strike um, hits the depot. You get this like "get out of there" message from mm-hmm. from Mina, and uh, you barely survive this thing that was really sent to uh, to erase you, to yeah. uh, you know, deniable ops um, mm-hmm. with extreme prejudice. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know, basically, Mina tells you, "Yeah, you're rogue now." Mm-hmm. And uh, she's opting to help you for some reason that is never fully and clearly elucidated upon. But uh, she is still an Alpha Protocols employee, but uh, is your, uh, you know, is is your handler, like is the person who is guiding you and uh, doing your searches for you and such. She hints a little bit at it. Um, she just she says something about how, um, you know, how the the environment has changed around there. Like she mostly feels like you got a raw deal, but also you know, like things are different there you know like there are people like yeah. walk over her shoulder like there are new people like security guards in and everything like it sounds like a yeah. real hellhole yeah you know? well, i mean just like what well, what she's saying is that halbeck has taken over it totally. like that it is like it is it is gone it has gone from just being a thing that is under the surface to being the entirety of the purpose of this organization right, which she did not sign up for which you can learn right. from her dossier yeah um i think the speculation that i've read online is that uh, she's nsa Hmm. Or some other, uh, she, she is, she is a deep cover mole, uh, being put in there to provide oversight for an organization that officially has no oversight. That's interesting. Yeah. That makes sense too, with, with the kind of all of her actions. Because no matter how yeah. awful you are to her, she, she sticks with you. And that would be yeah. within her, her interest there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, she guides you to the safe house in Greece. And this is where you find out that your entire network of support is like, oh, it's entirely built into this organization you're, you're now fighting against. Mm-hmm. So even though you are not part of Alpha Protocol anymore, you are still operating under the lowercase version of Alpha Protocol. Right. Right. And, uh, and, you know, this organization, the organization is so cellular and big that you can get away with using all of these resources and, uh, you know, down, not just the safe houses, but also, you know, weapons dealers and, uh, intelligence that Mina gives you and stuff that is kind of fed to you, dossiers, mm-hmm. uh, dossier. So, uh, yeah. And you, you get your three different hubs that you're kind mm-hmm. of uh, laid out for you. So it is, uh, in Taipei, Rome and Moscow, which I really appreciate as being three areas. You know, you spend the first part of the game somewhere where every video game is set. And <laughs> right. then the whole middle part of the game where no video games are set. Mm-hmm. Like I think out of those those three areas, I think I've played a video game that takes place in Russia before. But like they were interesting areas. Like that's not somewhere you spend a lot of time yeah. in games. And they, they do a pretty good job of kind of expressing the local flavor. Like not you know, you don't you're, they're not open hub worlds, you can't walk around freely, but there is something that kind of demarcates each of them. Yeah. They they they'll have uh, appreciably different designs. Um, and it's neat because kind of the, again, the local flavor or the people that you're running up against, the missions and such are influenced by the, uh, by the local politics mm-hmm. of these places. So like Taipei, like really marked by, you know, should we separate from China or not? Rome is, you know, more about like these ruins and our history and stuff. And Moscow is like, yeah, we totally have like a bunch of mobsters and a lot of weapons being run through here. Right. You know, like just uh, that, that, that feels satisfying in exploring these dynamics that are not America, rah, rah, rah. Yeah. I opted to go to Taipei first because I didn't want this to be one of those games that uh, made you go to Chinatown late in the game and turn out to be real crappy. Yeah. Get it, get it over <laughs> with. Yeah. Um, Taipei actually is pretty great. Um, uh, yeah. This game is a good, uh, and you get a huge advantage going here early mm-hmm. um, for a later boss fight, which I, we mentioned in the Mega Man X episode. Yes, we did. There we go. Mm. That's one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so you're here. Kind of your lead is that there is a little bit of hubbub. There's a separatist uh, presidential candidate. Uh, his name is Sung, who uh, wants to separate from uh, China 
and Halbeck has an interest in this area because of that, you know, because their whole game is political destabilization. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I forgot that very quickly once I realized I came here specifically to meet Stephen Heck. Yeah, (laughs) that that is true. Well, Stephen Heck and then another uh, really important NPC, uh, Scarlet, who you meet uh, on the plane. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who starts kind of, uh, you know, striking up a conversation with you. She's a reporter. um, And there's a lot more to her than it it seems um, initially. So, you know, you can... And, and on the plane, you know, kind of regardless of how you act towards her, she kind of likes it, mm-hmm. um, and it, which is a, a suspicious thing. Um, initially, you know, eventually you can really make an enemy of this lady if you'd like to. Um, okay. But at first, uh, you know, she's she's pretty intrigued with you. And uh, yeah. it's because she, she kind of knows what's going on. Yep. I lied to her. I tell her that I'm an oil. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm being playful regardless. And her whole motivation, at least why she wants to uh, hook up with you nominally, is uh is to get a story right right, right. she can smell a story mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh Stephen hack you find out that uh Stephen hack is this this guy who's in the area he's kind of a rogue agent independent agent at, the, at this point um it's said that he's cia but that is like there there's no reason to believe that, that yeah is that's 100 percent not true <laughs> Like yeah. he, he's nothing. Um, he, he, he is, he is not affiliated with anyone and everyone, you know, who you talk to about this guy is kind of warning you off saying like, ah, you know, who you, you know, they heard about this guy and uh, he has this great intro for him. Um, that's such a good name too. just take a moment to Stephen hack yep. is so, so good. Yep. Like hack is such a funny word. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's he's never call him Steve. He'll cut your fingers off yeah. with cigar clippers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, he's torturing this employee and and threatening to make him drink dry cleaning fluid in this in this dry cleaning shop. And you know, it's it's a it's a funny scene. You think it's because he's this enemy and everything, but it's uh because uh because he, he left his keys in the candy dish. Yep. He thinks he's trying to give him candy, and he yep. hates sweets. Yep. You know I hate why, sweets. Why, why do I have a candy dish? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's right just for your keys. Fucking psychopath. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, yep. Oh my gosh. I just, I, I love the, like just the terrible people are so funny to watch. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a, and it's so fun to, uh, like, you know, if you want to play as a morally good character, you probably shouldn't be associating with Stephen Heck that much in this mm-hmm. game because he does, he fucks up a lot of things and kills a lot of innocent people. <laughs> However, yeah. the, uh, it is way more fun to play along with him, um, especially mm-hmm. if you get buddy buddy with him and you can start, um, you know, going back and forth with conspiracy theories and email. Like that's <laughs> yep. really fun. And a bunch of the conspiracy theories he talks about are, are actually true. Right. Like the, uh, the operation aquatic kitty. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Or acoustic kitty. Acoustic yeah. Kitty. Putting, uh, <laughs> yeah. putting microphones in cats. Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, there's a little bit of like uncomfortable, like, uh, like, you know, talking about Zionism and stuff. Yeah, like, he's, like he, he does not like the Jews. He is not a fan of the Jews. No, he, um, yeah, he's, he's a bad person, categorically yeah. a bad person, mm-hmm. but it's just a lot of fun to interact with in the game. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I came here first because, you know, going and contacting people is kind of like what I want to do in this game, mm-hmm. but he appreciates it because you're here kind of like declaring your intentions. He knows you're in the area. Yeah. Um, but uh, this is his turf and, you know, just going to be like, yep, I'm not going to step on on your toes. Um, he's weirdly one of the most capable characters in the game. Oh, yeah. Like he knows a lot and he, he can get anywhere and never ends up like really in trouble. So, yeah, pretty, pretty he's, he's he's super effective at what he does, too, because he has this mythology around him. Like he <laughs> in his dossier, there are all these claims about things that he can do, like. Uh, like he he assassinated a Vatican agent by choking them with uh, a communion wafer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he decapitated somebody with a football at four hundred miles an hour. Yeah. Like all this ludicrous stuff. 
what what if they did um like similar to Far Cry Three Blood Dragon, if they uh-huh. did a Gaiden game of this where it was like Stephen Heck as Stephen Heck portrayed in the dossier, <laughs> like where you played as Stephen Heck doing shit like that. Oh, it's like oh, all the legends are true. Yeah, yeah. like and, and then you know they, like it just it turns out it's all like a fantasy or mm-hmm. something like that. But that would be a yeah. fucking amazing game. Incredibly well acted too. This is uh this is Nolan North. Yeah, and he does a good job. Mm-hmm. Super good job. He doesn't so, sound yeah. that much like Nolan North. No, so he he has a lot of range. He can be really good when he wants to. When yeah. he's not just being Nolan North or Nathan Drake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. But uh, but yeah, uh, Heck is I think my favorite character in the game, and I know he was written specifically to be that. Yeah, but uh, yeah. but you know I don't, I don't I don't care. Like <laughs> just how, how evasive he is. Like he never answers the question that you ask, and you, if you just tolerate that and let him go on, you realize oh this isn't a conversation. He's just doing what he wants. Yeah, like it pays off in a lot of ways later on. Yeah, and also it fucks things up. Yeah, he's he is wonderful. Yeah. Um, it opens up a mission uh, going to him first, which or mm-hmm. talking to him, which is the Grand Hotel to get uh, NSB data. Yeah. Again, you're constantly just chasing launch data, different different <laughs> kinds of data um, through these things. Like the individual little MacGuffins don't actually matter. All they're doing is the the pieces that have to fall into place to unlock the final mission in each mm-hmm. in each hub. So you're just getting information anytime. But uh, there's yeah. another person you can contact here, another kind of player in mm-hmm. uh, this area. Taipei is really complicated. As far yeah. as the the areas go, because there's a lot going on, uh, yeah. and this is a uh, Hong Shi, who mm-hmm. uh, is the uh, Yakuza Lord or Triad Lord, rather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is uh, oh man, I, I I put in what movies he showed up in, but I didn't actually write down his name. Yeah, the, but uh, Hong, from Hong Wayne's Sh- World too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hong Shi is uh, he's also uh, in Blade Runner. He's the eye guy. Yeah, yeah. He made our yeah. eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> mm, uh, but yeah, uh, he kind of gives you this mission. Um, you know, again, you come here as kind of a, I came here as a peace offering. Like, yeah, I'm not, not trying to start any trouble. Uh, but, uh, he tells you like, yeah, I've got all these lieutenants who have, uh, who've kind of gone rogue on mm-hmm. me. And so he tells you to go to the slums to kind of chase them down and you, uh, stop them. Real quick, since we're going here as a peace offering and he loves, uh, kind of courtesy and decorum, can we take a brief moment to talk about how ridiculous you can make, uh, Michael Thornton look like? Yes. So you can go to this, this cutscene <laughs> as a show of respect, like with this ridiculous lumberjack beard, um, like a Gilligan hat, and then the worst aviator sunglasses that you've ever seen. What do you mean by can? Because that is the canonical <laughs> Mike Thornton. <laughs> I if I if I am um, I said this before when we first talked about doing this game. If you just give him the short haircut without the hat, he uh-huh. looks like Mike Taylor, who's the guy who made the Coke Fuck You video. And <laughs> um, there, like the, my friend Mike, um, Mike Death Force Taylor, um, looks like Mike Thornton. Um, with that beard and haircut, so I always play through this as Mike Taylor. Um, <laughs> huh? But and whenever you're casual, you're wearing this like shitty Hawaiian shirt too. Mm-hmm. You like saunter up. Like Mike Thornton is a real like kind of an asshole, um, <laughs> even at his best. Like he's just a real smarmy, smarmy mm-hmm. dickhead, and just uh, sauntering out to this crime boss and uh, even being <laughs> professional. You everything about you speaks, uh, yeah. you know, contempt. I like how you have a different uh, casual outfit for every area, and your one for Taipei is like a like a shitty otaku dragon print like yeah. button up shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a club kid like raver, yeah. raver shirt. Like, how when did uh, wearing a shirt with a dragon on it become so terrible? Like, I love dragons. <laughs> well, was it ever right? good? Well, I feel like it's like I like dragons. How come I could yeah. never get away with that? Like, it's either that kind of shirt or like a you know a cool wolf shirt. Like, no, there's no cool dragon shirts. Is there a cool wolf shirt? Well, not cool, like not cool, but like they, they you know what I'm talking about. The the wolf shirts. 
I had a guy, um, I was wearing one of those wolf shirts when I was like in eighth grade because I didn't know any yeah. better. And a guy uh, came up to me at Six Flags Great America and was like, hey, buddy, cool shirt. And I didn't realize that he was being sarcastic and I was like older. <laughs> he was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> I totally. I was like, thanks. <laughs> he was really just making what fun a of me. Nice man to take the time. Also uh, happened at that uh, Six Flags is I was leaning on a railing uh, waiting in line for a ride and someone pinched my butt, which was Ooh. very weird. That's upsetting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't like a little, little kid, but I was still mm-hmm. too young to have my butt pinched at a Six Flags. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was very strange. Same as uh, that fateful trip. <laughs> Wolf shirt butt pinch. No. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wolf shirt butt pinch is Dusty Wolf's best friend. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's one of the good ones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Mm. I, I'm, sh- I'm sure there's some kind of joke that you can make in there without having the same number of uh, syllables as Bobcat Goldthwait. Sure. Yeah. yeah, the sky is the limit. The sky is the limit. We struck comedy <laughs> yeah. gold. Um, <laughs> anywho, um, you go and and you you can go till, uh, deal with these triad defectors. You can do this a little bit later. You can do it right away if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not too much to this mission. Um, I'm gonna skip to it just because it's yeah, just because it's tied right into this. Yeah, yeah. It, it's I don't like it a lot. It's it's one of the more combat focused uh, areas in the game. And also with how tight a lot of these quarters are, um, the camera stops working. I got so motion sick during this. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't add a lot either. Like it right. felt. It felt a little padding, mm-hmm. you know, uh, padly to me. Yeah. Um, and, and the information you don't even get that much information that ties into the greater. No, it just kind of introduces the triad because hey, we're near China. Yeah, that's why Taipei feels the most bloated. Of the areas, like I like Taipei. There's a lot of cool stuff that you do, but it loses the plot a little bit here. I feel like, and even the structure yeah. of this mission as like a as a uh, you know like a little mini boss rush, like that's kind of cool. Like each of them kind of ends up being like their own little encounter. I like some of the flavor text. Like one of them uh, is way too into American culture, yeah, which is something that pops up every once in a while, and I like that mm-hmm. um, as a as a trope in media. But uh, but yeah, it just, it just feels like a slog to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not that great. Yeah, but uh, and Hong and Hongshan never really pays off. No, um, no, he doesn't. And I, it made me think that maybe he could if I acted differently. Mm-hmm. Like maybe, um, you know, he could provide more assistance if I had, you know, again because there's so many flags in this game. Yeah. Um, and I just didn't take full advantage. I don't know if he's actually underutilized or I just my playthrough doesn't lend myself to using him. And that's one of the beauties of the system. Like there, like there, there is such a high level of fidelity that like little oversights like that, like if Hongshu never, never ends up being useful, at the very least, you believe that it was your fault. Right, right. It doesn't yeah. feel as, as glaring because there's lots of people that don't end up being that useful, you know, that, that you run into, um, especially in Moscow, you run into a lot of them um, mm-hmm. that, you know, that can or cannot be useful depending on how you play. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a uh, warehouse data trail. Um, that you can go in through. And this is the first time you, you are exposed to these goggled uh, characters mm-hmm. who are uh, G22, you yeah. notice, um, which you end up finding out is actually a offshoot and evolution of an old version of Alpha Protocol. Right. Eventually, um, you find out like later in the game or at some point that Alpha Protocol used to be known as G19. So, uh, again, this kind of cellular structure working against the organization. Yeah. And Parker pretty much says, that he's been through for a couple of these circles mm-hmm. and he, like he is the person who is in charge of if alpha protocol is compromised burning everything down and starting it up new again yep yeah so albatross who is the guy that you meet you know who like contacts you and says hey stop bugging our servers please 
um, you know, he could have been Mike Thornton a couple years ago. Yeah. And the, like there, there are at least one or two more agencies that are explicitly that. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. So like, like Deus Volts, who, who, you know, who will meet in Rome, uh, Marburg pretty much says the same thing. Um, so that's kind of a cool undertone to the entire story. And I like that, um, you know, he finds out that you're bugging his servers and just ask you to stop. Like, you know, you are yeah. not at cross purposes with us. I don't want to make an mm-hmm. enemy of you. Like he's very civil the entire yeah. time and ends up, you know, being a solid bro throughout if you'd like him to be. I, I like, uh, I like Albatross almost specifically because he reminds me of, uh, oh my gosh, what's his name for falling down? Michael Douglas a little bit. Oh yeah. Yeah. It looks a little <laughs> yeah. bit like, like Mikey Douglas. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, I opted to, uh, to take the bugs off the servers, mm-hmm. um, just because I felt like I had enough information already. I didn't want any more enemies, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did too. I think. Um, I think I can't remember the specific handler bonus, but I think I like the albatross one. Mm-hmm. Um, he's oftentimes set up like a little bit later as you start to meet more characters, you're given situations where you can choose between a couple of different handlers. And, uh, you know, there's a story one, but then there's also a mechanical one that I end up liking more. And I think he's ends up opposite of, um, of, uh, of Z, which yep. I used in this one because I wanted, uh, I wanted Z, but the, um, in most games, I think I like his a lot more. Albatross gives you something better. I think it's like a cooldown to your invisibility rate or something. Something stealthy. Yeah. So. Hmm. Yep. I like G22's plot. I feel like uh, it didn't go uh, as many places as I would like it to. But yeah, it's very it's very um, mysterious. Like I don't really mm-hmm. understand what they're what they're going for. It's one of those things where again, I don't know if it's something I missed or if it that's intentional too. Like if it's supposed mm-hmm. to be like this is actually the secret agency. You're a fucking bumbling <laughs> idiot that's going around shooting people in public. Like these yeah. guys are the pros. You know, they got the cool goggles. Yeah. That's what they're I kind of took from it. Yeah, they're almost like a, like something out of Venture Brothers. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a good point. Yeah, they totally look like Venture Brothers uh, bad guys. Yeah, yeah. Around this point is where uh, where Heck emailed me saying we're through the Looking Glass, and I responded with the entirety of Time Cube. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so again, so good. Every all roads lead back to Heck for me. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, and similar to that, all roads lead to this grand hotel, uh, specifically with Heck, where, uh, I, I like this mission specifically because it has a setup. You bring Scarlet in, you have Heck here as well. Um, and there's some squabbling between Mina and Scarlet, uh, especially if you flirt with one or the other. Yeah. Uh, there's jealousy there. Yep. And, um, uh, there, everyone's kind of got a mission. Like you're kind of like, you know, sending everybody out on their thing. And it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to have heck with you at this point. And no. if you do, um, you know, you can kind of influence how he, how he acts. You can say, you know, uh, we want to minimize casualties, which he, he gets upset about. Or you can just say, I'm going to need a distraction, mm-hmm. which is an open-ended statement to give <laughs> to somebody like this. And it's so good <laughs> if you do, because his distraction <laughs> is, uh, I think he sets a fire at one point, And then he also just shoot, <laughs> starts shooting people. Um, you know, the end. <laughs> So I told him to minimize casualties. It's like I told him we couldn't go to the water park today. Yeah, Yeah, he's he's a bad person. (laughs) But uh, Scarlet, uh, I made her the honeypot, which uh, she didn't take too kindly to at first. And I realized, yeah, it's kind of a shitty and sexist thing to do. But it worked out. So the way I was playing it through in this way, it was uh, I saw through her. Initially, you know, immediately, like I was trying to play it like, uh, you know, this, this person's trying to, to use me or get at me. So I'm going to be an asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can you can avoid doing that and go get the uh, I think she gives you a key card or seduces yeah, she, a key card out of a guy. Yeah, she gets you a key card and also gives you a lead. Uh, I, I think she's the one who tells you that you can uh, put somebody from Halbeck on the sex offender registry <laughs> <Yep>. to uh, 
which, you know, just ruined a person's life yep. uh, um, in order to distract security. So it's all a bunch of like little decisions that you can make to make the kind of the meat and potatoes play of this area a lot easier and a lot smoother. Yeah. And also a lot harder because Heck wants you to erase him from some databases, which sets off an alarm and makes uh, an otherwise easy escape into uh, a firefight. Right. And but of course, you're going to do that because Heck's a bro. Yeah. And uh, and it makes it very difficult. But Heck comes out and starts uh, shooting people, and he is just amazing. So yeah. again, the most capable character in the game. Uh, so yeah. Oh man, I'm so happy thinking about Heck. Yeah, I have a dude crush on Heck, man. He's great. <laughs> yeah. He's wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. You get to the. This is a fun uh, part with uh, another Heck moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that you have this going too, because you don't have to do this. Heck doesn't ha- have to come and cause this. Uh, I don't know what do you. I think you tell him to do this, but you go to yeah. this subway. Um, to uh-huh. get some more data or launch data or Metal Gear Solid test data. <laughs> yeah. And, it's, yeah. It's specifically to uh, to get information about the assassin who's going after Soon. Right, Omen so, Dang. Yeah, Omen Dang. Yeah, yes. who is probably the second most capable character in the game. Yeah. Um, and the uh, so, so you're heading here, and the the, the distraction that, that Heck is get, causes is to mount a minigun on a train car <laughs> and just open <laughs> fire on Chinese police um, as, the, as he passes by. And... And the best part is he just had it laying around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like this. He's just been waiting to use this. Um, pretty amazing. Yep. <laughs> um, and uh, this, I think, this is the first mission where you're dealing with civilian police. Yeah. And so I think Mina is your handler here. She responds very negatively to uh, to killing anybody who's not really like doing bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, this is kind of where you're encouraged to do a non-lethal playthrough if you care what she thinks about you. Or, well, I mean, or the opposite if you want her to hate you because the, the perk you get for getting her to maximum hatred, I think, is a 20% cooldown on all your skills. Holy it's something shit. really good. Like, this was where I was like, I was trying, I knew I wanted to get her to hate me, um, this playthrough. And this was where I was like, yep, no, you know, no cops leaving this place alive. <laughs> um, and then, and you can get the, you know, do it in one mission more or less, bring her from, from zero to negative 10, um, just yeah. through killing a lot of police officers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. <laughs> Killing police. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, no, uh, the, I like the choice that you make at the end of this because, you know, uh, it is kind of utilitarian versus, you know, follow the mission kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So Mina has access to some data here. Again, data. God, McGuffin's like crazy. Um, but it starts self-destructing and she, you, you have the option to either get, uh, actual details and proof about the assassination plot or actual details and proof about the riot. And since your next stop is to go, you know, talk to Sung and, you know, tell him, like, you really ought not make this demonstration because some bad stuff is going to happen. Um, it's important to know what to take to him. I opted to uh, to save the assassination data mm-hmm. uh, because that, uh, you know, most apparently would lead to less des- destabilization in the in the region. However, in the final balance, it actually might have been better to take the riot data. Yeah, I ended, I ended up taking the riot data. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Fuck that guy. <laughs> it's a fuck song. Um, I yeah, doesn't, you run into Omen Deng at this point, um, in the subway too. And I think this is where, um, he gave me some kind of information that made me think hmm. that I should do the riot information. I can't remember which one, but it's a fun area where, um, this is the first time where someone comments on the armor you've chosen. Oh, yeah. Because uh, if you're wearing stealth armor, he's like, you know, stealth armor doesn't work if you're just hanging around with civilians. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're, you're not stealthy at all. Like, um, and he looks like a badass. Like he's a cool. He looks like a Street Fighter character. He looks like a, he a bison. Yeah, he's got blonde hair and a long, uh, a long coat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, this is where you have your little uh, dialogue boss fight with Sung. Yeah. 
And uh, I don't know how much you you can only get him to believe one, you know, one thing. But you can also, yeah. I think, you can just totally whiff it too, mm-hmm. and have him not believe either thing. But uh, yeah. you, you know, the riots or the assassination, you can get him to do do either one, and he won't even wear a vest. Like you say, like wear a vest. He doesn't want to show weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's it's uh, you pretty much can can either get nothing or or a half victory here. What happens if you present the riot information? Because I, I I actually think that if you if you give him the assassination information, he does wear a vest, but under his clothes. He won't see. Um, I I if you tell him the right information, there's more security um, that prevents the riot. And then I suggested a vest, then he wouldn't do it. Yeah, I suggested the vest, and he did it, but he wouldn't put up more security there because go. he didn't want to be seen as a totalitarian. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you can only be Which a coward totally or, or a totalitarian. There's no points <laughs> in between. Yep. Uh, yeah. And uh, this kind of takes you into uh, into the end game and one of the more fun set pieces. Yeah, right? and they're really long and really kind of um, all the stuff you've been doing up to this point pays off because mm-hmm. depending on the relationships you made in Taipei, this you know you get a lot of different allies here. Yeah, uh, and they're all optional. So, like you can you can do this lone wolf style if you want to, but you can also get a bunch of a uh, bunch of cool teams on your side. Yeah, so like it's like a it's like a three stage rocket of the Triad G twenty two and Heck all helping you. Like mm-hmm. you're going through these gardens, and uh, G22 is fighting off the regular guys, whereas Heck is shooting off fireworks mm-hmm. to provide a distraction. <laughs> yep. He's the, like I feel like he doesn't know exactly what distraction means because that's such yeah. a broad definition under his under his uh, <laughs> brain under his specific mind. Gary, I think he knows exactly what yeah, distraction I guess, means. I guess that's true. <laughs> we're the people who don't understand. I guess that, that is true. We could have a lot to learn from him. I guess this yep. is the part, the one part where the triad part pays off if you did that uh, triad assault. Because yep. you get triad troopers. Mm-hmm. There. Um, <laughs> That's my favorite anime. <laughs> triad troopers. Go! And uh, you're pretty much sneaking from like kind of pagoda to pagoda. Um, to Abe Pagoda? Yeah, from pagoda to Abe Pagoda. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, your pagoda has evolved into Abe Pagoda. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, um, and uh, and eventually making your way up to this kind of like place that's still being built. that's like scaffolding um, for mm-hmm. like an extended boss encounter with Omen Dang. So you're chasing him up the scaffolding as his guys are shooting at you. And uh, this is a neat little, like, I feel like this is probably where the combat side its best is, be you know, just because it is, like, it depends on your strategy, mm-hmm. right? Like, how you're going to take these guys out. So I opted to be, you know, the predator and, uh, you know, just kind of, like, take as stealthy of an approach as possible. Um, I wasn't entirely the the phantom throat puncher just mm-hmm. yet, but uh, but it really paid off for this yeah eventually when you get that ability to, to turn invisible you can just punch throats with impunity or slight <laughs> slice them if you want the yeah. um but yeah at this point you're still kind of making your way and there's lots of like kind of jumping and 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 everything and all that stuff's contextual it's not a tomb raider game where you actually have to you know to jump you just go up to the ledge and press a to jump yeah. um but eventually you make your way up to this uh kind of assassin's perch and uh do a boss fight against omen dang mm-hmm. um where he has some of the same powers that you do like he can turn invisible and, yep. uh, you know, which at first seems unrealistic, but I can do that. It's, you know, it's not that unrealistic. <laughs> oh, okay. I, th- I thought you meant you personally. Not oh, yeah. Gordon. Yeah. yeah. It's my invisibility. <laughs> yeah. That's a good fight. Like, uh, he has a good mix of, uh, of, of range and uh, close-up uh, melee combat. <clears throat> I ended up using melee a lot, actually, in this game. Like, it seemed to be, it made, it made more sense to play it like that than as a shooter in, in, in a lot of very specific instances. Yeah, and it, so it can I was, be yeah. very powerful too, like if you yeah. level it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, you, you know, you you take him down. You, he's got twenty bullets in him, but somehow he's still up, and he's willing to like reconcile and explain his entire thing. He's trying to stop you because you're the assassin. Yep. 
Nope. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. It's like a sleepless in Seattle setup. <laughs> like someone's just trying to set us up by telling each of us that the other one's the assassin. Yep. You know. <laughs> and then the dialogue turns into like a dating game. Like, oh no, I gave you, I gave you a teddy bear and you'd like roses instead. And then you look out the Negative window 20 and points. The fu- like Hex sends up all these fireworks that spell in big letters, Hack. <laughs> 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 oh man oh man <laughs> but uh yeah so while you're talking and while he you know says yeah why would i try and kill him he raised me like a son although i am in the chinese secret police i'm actually a double agent um somebody the actual assassin takes a shot yep okay. and uh we don't i mean should we say now who who it is yeah go for it yeah it's scarlet yeah yeah, womp, womp. Which, which yeah is an interesting twist because she's done a good job at this point like i know that she's up to something because i played mm-hmm. it a bunch of times but it yeah. first time i played through i don't necessarily knew that she was uh on the on the side of devils there yeah so. and if you're aware of like what the genre is like anybody like that like oh like a femme fatale cool like right. she's gonna try and put me for information she's not just a femme there's also the fatale part <laughs> exactly so. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of like, I figured, oh, she's here to, like, keep, like, somebody's trying to keep tabs on me. Cool. I didn't read Assassin into it. So, right. like, it, it was a nice little feint away towards something, you know. And something that happens is, like, as you uncover secrets throughout the game, uh, you have the ability to email them, like, forward them. And you can say, okay, this goes to the black market. This goes to Halbeck itself saying, like, hey, pay me to keep quiet. Or you can get it to her to get out in the press. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's actually kind of a cool little clue because anybody who says anything about Hellbeck dies. So if you're sending it to her and she remains alive, A, it's not getting published, and B, oh, wait, two and two, four, oh, she's working for them. Okay, cool. Right, right. I uh, I ended up sending them to Hellbeck Mm -hmm. um, this time and started just just as, like, a, you know, power play. And some of those email exchanges are really interesting. And really, yep. really pretty funny because like people will just be like, well, you got us. Just know that, uh, <laughs> if, if I, you know, if any of our people ever see you, we're going to make your life very short and painful. Like they're just very matter of fact, like yeah. this is how the game is played. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you've either stopped or didn't stop the assassination attempts. Mm-hmm. There either is global de- destabilization mm-hmm. or not. That is what this game is. Yep. <laughs> either or either not. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then you make your way to the next, you know, whatever your next hub is. Yeah. Um, you know, some people were kind of after you. You get a nice little send off from Heck. And, uh, <laughs> and he, he threw them off the trail by, uh, popping three of their fingers off with a cigar cutter for calling them <laughs> Steve and then handing over Wen, who's his little buddy, his little yeah. dry cleaning friend. Um, yeah. <laughs> Which gets to my favorite punchline and the epilogue is. Like, he's the one who's implicated for the assassination. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Wen. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know he didn't do anything. Yeah. He not, not, a, not a damn thing. Yeah, son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, so, after this, I opted to go to Rome. <clears throat> and uh, I I don't much care for Rome. Yeah, Rome has a couple little bits I like. But yeah. there, there's a, there's a lot there's a couple dungeons that are really long copy paste nightmares. Yeah. Um, in Rome, I think Rome is probably the least developed. They also introduce a new character fairly early on in Rome that like has a weird weight to her. And, uh, and oh we'll, yeah, and we'll we'll talk about her um, mm-hmm. when we get there. But I, I'm mostly with you. This is probably my least favorite of the hub. Hubs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and one reason you're here is the Hellback uh, security chief is here. His name is Marburg, mm-hmm. and uh, there's also an Alsamad power struggle going on. 
Yeah, which all. is so backseat that it like it, it hurts. Yeah, <laughs> it's like we got to bring those like, guys back. <laughs> so like, why? Like we we understand now that they're puppets. Ah, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. Uh, this has one of my favorite little what the fuck moments in the game. The mm-hmm. uh, the NSA listening post. Mm-hmm. Of course, I chose that one first because fuck the NSA. Yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> Especially now, they've never been less popular. Yeah. yeah. And and they the way they hide it is similar to how uh, Hatori Hanzo hides his, his sword making abilities in Kill Bill. Like it's just a, you know an, an island with the worst rep- reputation for sushi, so no one will ever come there. And this is a gelato shop that is like looks like a, a like a toilet as a restaurant. <laughs> it's a, it's a, like a toilet restaurant. Toilet restaurant. Toilet town. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, the potty pot. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Mm. we have a we have a, have a restaurant a little ways up the street for me. It's it's by uh, by the liquor store. Um, that's a special. <laughs> the sign says it specializes in pot and pan cooking. Hmm. Which, to my mind, most of the things that I cook are with pots and pans. So I could hang a similar sign in front of you. Should house. yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no kebabs here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what they should call it. Yeah, but uh, no kebabs here. <laughs> he's heard the kebabs you're looking for. Yeah, uh, that almost works. Um, but uh, yeah, Thornton even says, "I feel like I could, I could get uh, salmonella by by even just looking at this place." Mm-hmm. And it plays up the tension. Like I, I I I went into this expecting a fight. Yeah. So you know it's a listening post. You're here to bug the servers, and this really just uh, um unsavory looking guy comes out and says gelato i love how he's licking the ice cream scoop like, that's <laughs> well, no, a nice little touch he's scratching his head with oh the wait, ice cream there we scoop, go i think he and then, it and then he licks it okay but then no. there we go. i knew both those things happen i wasn't sure the order <laughs> yep no the worst possible order <laughs> <laughs> well, well for him i don't know which one would be worse if he's gonna then scoop ice cream for me on it okay so yeah <laughs> Oh man, yeah, but um, you're given a safe word, and you say, "Is that is that the right word? Code word? Safe word? Uh, passphrase?" I would say, "Yeah, passphrase." Okay, safe word. Yeah, <laughs> like kumquat. <laughs> oh. It's not improv, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so you're given the passcode, and um, he doesn't respond with the proper response phrase, mm-hmm. and so this can turn into you just shooting somebody in a gelato shop. Yep. Yeah, if you're if you're super paranoid. And and crazy, which I did in this one because again I wanted to yeah. uh, to bed Z. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, so I didn't. I was just kind of like, okay, let's let's see. He doesn't look dangerous, and yeah, it totally just nothing happens. It is a it is a complete anticlimax. Yeah, it's never like uh, that much of a stage. Like if you do kill him, you can, you can make your way in the back and you get some mm-hmm. some intelligence or some data. Oh. You know, again, you get some some Metal Gear test data um, that leads you to some intelligence that I don't remember what it is specifically. So you can actually get it, but it's never like a dungeon. Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, to the next listening post, uh, which is a little <laughs> bit more, I, I wouldn't say more interesting. There's more to do here. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, a, I like these little short mini levels that are actually, you know, areas to explore and, and engage in some combat, but aren't, you know, full scale. Yeah. Kind of things. And this is really, it's really modest, you know? Yes. Um, because, uh, and these are explicitly, you know, Americans and you're encouraged not to kill them if you're being a good guy. So it is mostly kind of a stealth level. Yeah. That's a cool apartment building too. It's like a different location. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like how you can do the non-lethal, like the non-lethal option to get into the, uh, into the server room by sabotaging the ventilation system. 
Yeah. And I, and I think he says, oh, it's a little trick I learned in basic. Yeah. So does he take a <laughs> shit in the AC? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he, he fish milked somebody. Like, <laughs> or fish bombed. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, <laughs> you know, uh, ugh, hmm. Fish bombs. Yeah. Ugh, I can't even. Irish fish bombs. <laughs> <laughs> you just drop a drop a sardine into a shot of Irish whiskey, Bailey's, and then, and then drop that into Bailey's, and then let it sit in a heating duct for a week, and then drink it. <laughs> drink it, and then you explode. Yeah, and then you die, and all your roommates uh, have to smell your corpse. Um, for the rest of your life. It's the best prank ever. Yeah, it's fucking disgusting. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So you get the Metal Gear test data. Mm-hmm. Eventually, we're going to stop saying that. Well, just... It's, yeah, it's just data, regular yep. data. Um, when you get there, um, Mina offers to investigate people at Alpha Protocol, and you can mm-hmm. choose which one you want. Um, this is to get more information to use as dialogue against them. And uh, I chose Parker as well, uh, mostly because yep. he's the most mysterious. Yeah. Them. Like, I know where Westridge is. I know where Darcy stands. Like, yeah. they're both... Yeah, whatever. But Parker intrigues me. And even though I liked him at this point, like I thought maybe he had the possibility of being a good guy, like in the end. Yeah. You know, even though they were totally making him look like the bad guy. I just wanted to know more. Yeah. So. No. Yeah. This is around when you get introduced to uh, Madison St. James, which is like the porniest, (laughs) porniest, porniest name that I've ever heard. Well, they say it too. Yeah, but I, mean, <laughs> I think I've seen some of her movies. Yeah, which is, which is a pretty good joke. But why name the character that? The um, Madison St. James, who's doing our research uh, on you um, mm-hmm. for the VCI, which is the Veterans Combat Initiative, and uh, and Hellback, Hellback, yeah. and uh, she's a possible way to get to Mar- to Marburg because she works for him. Yeah, and uh, your relationship with this person can go a lot of different ways in a lot in you know, kind of a in in. Uh, Many different permutations and points of articulation. Yeah. And the, the, the way that the arc of Rome kind of plays out, it, it almost assumes that she's going to be a, a, a romantic interest. Yeah. But if like you, that, that, that almost feels like, like a strong canon suggestion. I think it is. But if you are playing an asshole like I am, you can go here and find her. And then she kind of eventually, you know, you take her into safekeeping. Um, and more or less, like when you meet her, you can uh, kidnap her for lack of a better word, like force her to come back to your apartment and she hates you. Yeah. Um, and you have no interactions with her where you're just like, if you go up and talk to her, um, you will just call her a bitch and she will just call oh. you an asshole. And, and that's it. It's really pretty gross. Um, mm-hmm. it doesn't quite work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you bring her back. Do you, do you know like the story of the name Madison? Uh, no. How? It, 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 so Madison obviously has been a surname since, uh, since the, you know, Revolution, um, and probably long before that, but it didn't become a female first name until the movie Splash came out. Oh, yeah, huh. with uh, with Dar- with Daryl Hannah, uh, and she chose like the, like her taking that name was a joke. Like, oh, she was on Madison Avenue, haha. But after that movie like got really popular because hey, it's Tom Hanks in the eighties. Who doesn't like Tom Hanks in the eighties? Um, that th- that became like it started charting as a name. Yeah, yeah, huh. That is of no relevance, but I wanted to say that because it is a cool piece of trivia. One reason that movie is super popular is that if you uh, get the director's cut, <clears> there's <throat> the deleted scenes with Milwaukee, the reverse mermaid. <laughs> that Tom Hanks creates a race of fish people with. So. <laughs> Milwaukee, the reverse mermaid. <laughs> We're creating a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yes, we Wait, are. Dusty Wolf, Milwaukee, the reverse mermaid. <laughs> 
and uh, the other person, <laughs> Bobcat Northweight. I can't remember which one it is. <laughs> Bobcat Wolf Shirt? Yeah, Bobcat Wolf Shirt. <laughs> oh. Yeah. oh, man, let me get some, let me get my breath here. <laughs> Let's take our breath with another breather mission. Yeah, yeah, they're really um, building up your goodwill so that you can do a never-ending mansion at the end of this. <laughs> Yeah, which we'll get to. That is a really frustrating mission. Yeah. So, so I kind of implica- I implied that the Albara connection, or sorry, that the Al Samad connection didn't pay off. But Albara's villa is kind of nice. Yeah. I didn't mean to turn into Borat there with the villa. Um, <laughs> it's kind of nice. Uh, yeah. He <laughs> is very nice. Um, but uh, but yeah. So it's like a sniper hunt mission. Like your scope can scan people, and you're trying to uh, you're trying to find uh, Albara himself. There's like no data. You don't know what he looks like, but you're in this. Uh, you know, it's like a uh, it is it is like a uh, silent scope mission a little bit. It's it's weird too because there's that um, overly technical explanation that you have a special scope that mm-hmm. scans the people's faces and sends it to Mina, rather than just saying like I need I can see through the scope and I need a little bit of extra time to figure out who it is. <laughs> yep. So it becomes this thing where you have to like st- you know keep your uh, sight tracked on them mm-hmm. um, long enough to uh for her to get the information you're just scanning everyone and there are like detailed little backstories for most of these people like some of them are just bodyguards and the like it's great but there's tons of little detail like oh this guy is a bodyguard but he uh, moonlights as an off you know this is an off-duty cop mm-hmm. he's moonlighting as a bodyguard and this is a like, you know a tabloid reporter and mm-hmm. and everything there's like, an artist neat. yeah yeah it's pretty cool yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and uh you're not totally sure if he's once you eventually find him um you have to make the the decision whether to kill him or not because um, you don't know if he's actually the bad guy. And uh, I chose not to, even though I was playing a violent asshole. I can't remember why I said no. Yeah. Um, but it ends up being mechanically in your benefit if you say no. Mm-hmm. How uh, so? Uh, well, just because you get this um, this rendezvous with Marburg. Ooh, yeah. There. Yeah, which is uh, the probably like the hardest. Marburg is the hardest dialogue boss for me in the game. Like I've never got this guy to do what I want. And I read his dossier and could read him, but like it never lent itself to dialogue choices that made me feel like I was getting an advantage mm-hmm. with him. So in a way he's like the consummate professional, but like to the point of being a real asshole about it. And so you think like, like it just, it's a couple of degrees off of being predictable, like how he's going to respond to something. Yeah. Cause there's those little like red flags in it, or not red flags, uh, uh, red herrings in his, um, mm-hmm. dossier that are like, um, you know, he's a professional, but he's a terrible judge of people and he's always hiring you know, incompetent <laughs> assholes and stuff. And I was like, oh, how do I work that into whether I should be aggressive, suave, or professional? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And, uh, like, the, 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 the trick to him and the way that you end up, you know, killing him is you just have to piss him off that his, you know, veneer of professionalism goes away. Right. Like, what, like, one of his things is he just runs away from every fight. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you can if you can convince him to... Uh, and he's uh, important because he's involved in the uh, the VCI. Yeah, Veterans Combat Initiative, which is another one of these organizations. Like, organizations go around and around in Alpha Protocol. Yeah, um, and yeah. even even beyond that, he uh, he is a former member of a of a mysterious group called Deus Volt. Yes, uh, which is uh, if God wills it in Latin, and uh, that is implied to be another Alpha Protocol. He even goes so far as to say, like, you know, I've been down this road that you're on before, Thornton. So, like, you're me twenty years ago. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yep. Mm-hmm. I like that he wears black gloves. For some reason, that was a weird little character detail that came forward. Like this says, oh, this guy means business. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a, he's a good actor, too. The guy who plays him. Like, yeah. he's a real creepy son of a bitch. Um, you, you meet with Mad- Madison, which we talked about. And you can either be you know nice to her 
or uh, be an asshole like I was and kind of force her into slavery. <laughs> uh, not quite slavery, but like I was just like, you know, I'm, I need information from you. And then she was being resistant and I was play, mm-hmm. role playing an asshole. Um, not that I can do that in real life. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she uh, she gives you the information to get to uh, Marburg's villa. Right. Mm-hmm. And she she's coming after you just because she saw that there was an execution hit out on you mm-hmm. and uh, wanted to know why the VCI was targeting American citizens. Yep. Yeah, so she she's she's a uh, almost to a, a fault a vanilla good character. Yeah, like she's a, she's a little bit bland in her her heroicism. Um, mm-hmm. They can't all be scarlets, right? Um, so you end up at, at Marburg's villa, uh, where his men will tase you, and you lose all of your stuff. Yeah, um, you choose a handler at this point. Um, I had been to Russia, so I could choose as the I was choosing Z mm-hmm. as much as possible, but you get a terrible benefit that I don't want. You know, for assault rifles, and I wasn't playing that kind of character, but just to hear her dialogue was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this is a never-ending corridor of villa hallways and stuff. Like this goes on for a long time. I felt it, feel, it feels like some of the worst Grand Theft Auto missions. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's also there's that. There's the fact that everything looks the same. There's the fact that like he has all these nude statues, and there's a little bit of like <laughs> everyone's like, oh, is he gay? Like, well, no, okay. <laughs> like, what is that? I mean, that like could that. not be less uh, material <laughs> to this. Um, you know, what's going on here. So it's just weird. Like, it's yeah. a weird mission. Mm-hmm. Did not care for that much. There's not really any payoff to it. Yeah. 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 Uh, we, we should mention that before we were talking about like, oh, he's really hard to read. You're, you're rendezvousing with Albara because he's like, yeah, I saw you. Like, I knew you were coming after me. Yeah. But uh, Marburg shows up instead having killed Albara because, you know, of Albara's involvement with Halbeck. Yeah. And, and, and uh, Marburg's a real badass. Yeah. Piece of shit. Um, yeah, there's lots of um, automated turrets in this area too, which like you can the, the three bullets, like they're super super easy to actually just shoot. So so many of them, especially the ones that were uh, that were ground mounted, I took out by punching them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like oh, I don't feel like pressing the button and taking the time to aim at you. If I just run up next to this and press B, it'll just kill everything. So. Yeah. yeah. Throw a puncher MD strikes again. <laughs> Throw a puncher MD. <laughs> Oh, add them to the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the but there's there, yeah. there's there's really no payoff to this. Yeah. Except like, oh, now we know Marburg is a son of a bitch, and he's up to something. We just need to figure out what. He's also a son of a bitch who won't actually just murder you when he has you. Like right. it, it's real, like dumb villainy. You yeah, know, it's and, Bondy, and then it's Bond villainy, and that doesn't happen that often in this game. You know, most people are trying to kill you when it would make sense to try to kill you, and yeah. I can't think of why he would want to keep you alive. At this part, does he say so? Does is that my forgetting something? No. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't fit. It, feel, it feels a little patty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, also, patty are these kind of these next two areas. Uh, the ruins transmission, which again feels like one of those copy paste nightmares. Yeah, it's almost entirely like it, it's a little bit justified by the line um, after Mina says, "Yeah, this looks like the place where they kept the uh, where they burned the fires to warm the waters for the Roman baths." Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike questions her on, and she says, "Oh, I was a double major. I majored in Roman plumbing with a minor in architecture." Yeah, yeah, yes. which is like, oh, <laughs> Mina's showing some personality. Yeah, cute, cute little detail. Yeah. Um, and pretty much, it's just a combat zone. Like, it's not yeah. terrible, but it's not great. It doesn't look that interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, other than the fact that you show up in your sweet bike, mm-hmm. um, and you get to do a little um, at the end, you get to do a little, you know, defense area where you have to protect this bug. Where right. like at this point, I put in enough points in like stealth and invisibility, to mm-hmm. where I was literally just like, you know, could 
could shoot somebody in the, you know, in the face, go around a corner, shoot somebody else in the face, turn invisible, go to the other side of the map, shoot somebody else in the face. Like yeah. it's super, super, super easy and, and Batman-y like picking people off without them really having an idea that it was there. Yeah. It was pretty easy. I could see this being an, another, uh, like, you know, Trapsman, uh, Trapsman's Paradise. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite Coolio song. <laughs> the, um, yeah. And then you go to the warehouse, which is, um, again, there's not that much to it. It's leading you to this re- museum so you can do the final yeah. thing. Like the Russians are there. It's like, wait a minute, what? But yeah. Again, like it Moscow, felt a little bit like you're just trying to tie them together. Yeah. You know, if you do Moscow first, does this change? Um, Z's there, I believe. Cause the, the yeah. Russians tend to work for, or work with her, not always. Um, cause she works for the VCI, but also is tied to these Russian guys. So I think yeah. she's there. Mm-hmm. If you do, uh, do Russian first. Like I tried to do, um, rather than complete an area, I kind of try to do them in layers to get as much cross pollination as possible on this playthrough. Um, so I saw a lot of stuff like that, but I don't think it makes an appreciable difference. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But everything's pointing to this museum. And, uh, speaking of Batman, um, <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, Marburg has captured Madison, and uh, you're kind of fighting your way through this, uh, through these exhibits, which doing countless uh, uh, dollars worth of cultural damage to these prices. Yeah, artifacts. yeah, just awful. Yeah, and uh, at this point, you know, if you recall, like the way I was playing, like I did not give a shit about Madison, mm-hmm. you know, so it really undercut the tension that was supposed to be here. Like, it really is supposed to be canon that you're supposed to be have a kind of a thing for Madison. Yeah, um, there's a full romance with her; you can pursue it. You know, um, but if you're just, you know, trying to get information out of her and being a sociopath when he's like, you know, do you want to save the museum or save Madison? Like, it's like, no problem. And then everyone <laughs> treats it like, you know, you you made this very difficult decision. But, you know, it's one of the few areas where the game is not recognizing that you can kind of play in different ways. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So he sp- he says, hey, you can come and stop me with the explosives or you can save her. Very much. Like, regardless. Like, yeah. Like like the Joker villain. Yeah. Thing. Mm-hmm. yeah. Explicitly so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I opted to go after him uh, again, trying to stop as many, you know, as much collateral damage as possible. This like going after Madison would be me playing into, uh, you know, the villain's hands. This is what he wants me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I didn't really I didn't romance Madison. Like, yeah, it's kind of sad that you're dead. I'm trying to keep you safe, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, you know, if it's between you and 100 other people, kind of going to take the other 100 people. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, the uh, what is it, the subway paradox or what have you? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, the the streetcar, streetcar, yeah. streetcar. Yeah, it's not yeah. paradox, streetcar thing. Yeah, the the, the streetcar dilemma. Yeah, there we go. Yep. Yeah, um, but yeah, so I, I opted to do that, um, and again, kind of like tracing to where things end up. That ends up being the bad thing to do a little bit because her death and in her death, she becomes uh, like a martyr and an excuse to enact like wide global Patriot Act stuff. Mm-hmm. So the reason Halbeck is here and the reason that Marburg is acting for them, he, you know, trying to simulate a terrorist attack so that they can uh, put in more uh, strict anti-terrorism measures. Right. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and uh, by doing that, you're playing right into the, you know, the complex's hands. Right. Like, and you don't, you, you don't have a lot of ways of knowing this at that point. Eh, yeah. Yeah. It feels a little, like a little gotcha. Yeah. But, but it, it's okay because it, there are big forces at work. Mm-hmm. Um, you end up doing, you know, so he ends up killing uh, Madison and uh, you get to do this uh, boss fight with Marburg, which is pretty tricky. Um, yeah. If you are leveling stealth and pistols, um, you can do a, you know, hide, go invisible, shoot him five times in the head, go invisible, shoot him five times in the head. It's not that tough. Um, but I have done this with a, a more, uh, rifle character and it's pretty pretty tricky 
Um, like yeah. the rifle and shotgun skills and such that you get are actually pretty good um, if you level them up. But um, in boss fights, they it just makes it very difficult. You know, it just, yeah. it's a lot harder. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And uh, he explicitly, so he has henchmen, and if you kill any of them, he goes berserk and like runs up to you and does a bunch of damage. Right. Right, right, right. Which is kind of a, a boss trope for this game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so there's a trick. He he leaves halfway through this. Um, you know, like, like he you know he retreats before he actually dies. There's an option. Like if you piss him off, if you get under his skin enough, he will stick around. I think you can kill him here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't. Yeah, you had to be very good at the dialogue system, which I never yeah. was. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, so for most people, he gets away. Yeah. And uh yeah, and you grieve for Madison regardless of how you treated her. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like, you know, sitting sitting in your uh your your safe house living room. It's like, oh, hands on your you know, like your head in your hands, sad music playing. Like even for me, I was playing like a good guy. I was doing like the Han Solo lovable rogue kind of person. And like I like yeah, it's really, really sad, but she was like that's one of a hundred that I could have saved. But. Yeah. Yeah, and just, and just like a you know a kid that just got in over her head. We should make a quick note of how uh, the decisions you take souvenirs based on the oh, relationships yeah. and souvenirs that you have. There aren't tons uh-huh. of them, but they're they're pretty fun. So like if you kill Nasri in the beginning, you take his hat, um, and you get you know, get to have that with you. And every time you uh, you can walk by it, you can make a pithy comment. Um, Stephen Heck will give you a bottle of dry cleaner fluid, <laughs> um, and then just kind of the different characters will give you little items that you carry from safe safe house to safe house. I like the uh, the you get certificates from your handlers at the beginning. The one from Darcy misspells your name. Yeah, yeah, Thornton. Yeah, very very good detail. <laughs> yeah, uh, Hong Shu gives you a uh, he gives you a uh, a sword, a ceremonial sword. Yep. Yeah, I like I like the other, that little souvenir bit. Before we head to Moscow, we'll take a moment to thank this week's sponsor, Gigacalypse. Yes, it is a podcast. I know you like those. Yeah. Um, and each episode kind of takes a uh, kind of takes a very specific subject, uh, something that would be of interest to people who uh, like things that we like: video games, comics, uh, you know, uh, zombies, and such. And uh, they're nice little bite-sized half-hour episodes. In contrast to ours, mm-hmm. um, where they just kind of dive into it. Like they have an episode about uh, geek confessions, where they talk about things that they really ought to uh, have enjoyed but uh, didn't, or just didn't partake in. Also, uh, you know, everybody likes having conversations about what they would do in the event of catastrophe. They jump into that as well as talking about, uh, you know, like console wars and uh, Marvel versus DC. Um, each episode is very focused and uh, the hosts, Pete and Dave, are really cool dudes and they have a great rapport. Yeah, I like that it's, it's uh, generally subject based rather than media based. Like we've chosen to make most of our shows uh, media based, based, but when usually when I'm reading something or on a, you know, most uh, kind of geek culture, I like features style writing rather than a review style writing. Uh, maybe I like both, but I like that they're doing a distinctly different tact than, than we are or than a lot of uh, a podcast are by having that kind of central question behind each episode. Yeah. So if you are interested in checking it out and we recommend that you do, you should head on over to geekocalypse.net or find them on iTunes. And uh, they're also very active on Facebook. So you can search them on Facebook. It's G-E-E-K-O-C-A-L-Y-P-S-E. On Facebook. In addition to that, this episode is brought to you by Lynn Wilbur. Thanks, Lynn. What? 
<laughs> yeah. We have a Patreon campaign. Uh, if you are interested in supporting this show and the network, go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Uh, check out the rewards there. Um, you can get early access to shows. You can get participation in our monthly live streams, uh, mm-hmm. the first of which is coming out tomorrow. Yes. Um, or happening tomorrow as you're listening to this. Yeah. And so. Lynn is actually the guy who put us up to the uh, level that uh, the uh, milestone goal to make a new Stoic Club album, mm-hmm. um, which it's not going to be called that. That's not actually the name of the band or anything. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we were we were just short of that. And uh, Lynn jumped up, stepped up. Some call him a hero. <laughs> I call him a friend. Um, and uh, and yeah, so that's something that I'm going to be doing this summer. And that is also included in some reward tiers, um, some copies of that. So, so thank you, everybody who has um, donated. Thank you, everybody who uh, has considered donating. And thank you, everybody, for listening, for uh, listening through us begging for money. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, everyone who considered it and decided not to. Mm-hmm. And thank you to everybody who uh, considered it and might someday in the future. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. It's all good. Mm. It's all good. It's all at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. For the win, epic levels. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, uh, Moscow. Moscow. Let's do uh, it. I like Moscow. I like Moscow a lot. Yeah. Uh, Moscow's pretty great. Uh, specifically because it's the most funny, uh, like, rank and file uh, people that you fight against. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, like, the, I love the uh, the trope. It, 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 I always feel a little bit like it's uh, insensitive, but I, it is kind of true. This idea of, like, fashions and pop culture catching up to other parts of the world later than than it was here Mm -hmm. you know like different different countries kind of having uh american pop culture from 15 to 20 years ago Mm -hmm. and uh you see evidence of it and and some of the there's actually kind of like a dark story to that like the uh you know it's it's popular you know popular to make fun of uh thrift store clothing you know worn by by people in third world countries and it's actually you know there's a good reason for that and and you can read about that online but the yeah, uh, Super Bowl losers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's actually pretty funny when it comes down to you know kind of music and, and some of these fashions and, and works out yeah. well. Here, even more specific than that, I love it when media pokes fun at the poor taste of criminals. Yeah, yeah. Like or like specifically the gaudiness of uh, organized crime. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> so, this level is a a testament to that. Yeah, definitely. So you're going up against the Russian mafia and all their tracksuited glory. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, so again, as, as per our uh, usual, we're going to contact people first. Mm-hmm. Um, and Grigori is kind of an intelligence uh, guy in this area. He knows the movers and shakers. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is really interesting because the way you um, treat him mm-hmm. at this point um, will determine whether he tips off a uh, Surkov to you. Mm-hmm. So if you treat him well, or if you're really low key, um, you can uh, get an advantage later. Okay, this is a real pivotal conversation kind of boss this, fight. This can go so many different ways, yeah. or at least not, if not so many different ways, disparity. It's either like, hey, we're good buddies because I talk to you like you're a human being, or I break a, a vodka bottle over your head. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> well, it, it, there's a, like, there is a lot of uh, kind of shade in this game, but there's only so much shade in the individual moments when you only have three dialogue choices. Right. You know, so there can only be those three kind of levels on a, on a micro level. And like, I, I, you know, I know he's an arms dealer and he's like a piece of shit, but like, he's not part of the mission, so I'm not going to hurt him. I couldn't see going into a situation where like, I'm going to beat you up, old man. You're coughing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I do despise the old. They disgust me. No one wants However, an old man stink all over the spar. <laughs> yeah. So, 
so I mean, I walked in. I was like, I was joking around with him, and he and like he respects that in such a way that I really appreciate. It's kind of like, oh, you know, most people come in here being real hard asses, but like you're just a solid bro. Let's mm-hmm. be let's be bros. Yeah, come uh, buy weapons from me on the clearinghouse. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he gives you a, a heads up about um, you know uh, something other though the uh, train station. Yeah, you know, the train depot opens up that mission. And uh, and you go there and you meet uh, Z, um, capital S I E, who is like this weird like super milf, like this super like super cougar, you know. And like you make jokes about it, but there's this like super tall, super tough Russian she's, tough stereotype lady. Well, no, she's East German. Oh, East German. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't mean to correct you and be shitty, but just kind of like she she's a mercenary. Yeah, and, I, you know, like I like, like for like like from the block. Sorry. Yeah, yeah from, 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 from like, the block. She's Jenny from the block. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, so I, it may just be me, you know, being face blind or whatever. But uh, I'm not actually face blind. I'm sorry for anybody who has that. But I joke about it. I didn't read old from her, like 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 from her appearance though. But everybody was talking about her, like oh, like maybe a couple decades ago. Am I just missing something? Is that signposted that she's older because i all like when i looked at her all i saw was like you know bond girl i think she could be like a like a handsome 38 year old <laughs> which is not old no it's it's not old but it's old in and you know by yeah. our terrible standards of yeah, beauty yeah. And, and and everything mm-hmm. so of course it's not old but for like a video game kid market it's <laughs> uh-huh. it's it's ancient yeah you know like they the the people who this like was not was marketed to not the people who enjoyed it Probably would consider that to be very old, right? Yeah, yeah. but it's, it's pretty gross how she's talked about in a lot of instances. Yeah, yeah, like, and she uh, and like, she's uh, I mean, and, and she is uh, uh, suggestive if like if you go along with it, and she just likes being you know it's it's actually kind of a troubling character because she likes uh, you know you standing up to her to the point of kind of mistreatment and everything that you do um, along those lines she considers flirting. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually you get the idea that like Mike kind of comes along with it and is actually flirting, but at first he's actually legitimately trying to reject her. Um, yep. but it just turns her on like fucking crazy, like cranks <laughs> her wheels. And eventually you build her up into this erotic fury that uh, climaxes at the end of the game. Um, but at this point, you know, it's just, it's, it's this, uh, kind of a little bit like, I don't know where the gender politics lie with Z, <laughs> like what, you know, where the, where I want to land on that. Yeah. Well, she has this gigantic, she's like Rambo. She's carrying around, uh, like a 50 caliber machine gun. Yeah. Um, and to, to, to the point where when you first hear her fighting, you think it's an army. Yeah. And if you choose to engage with her in a fight, like that is a romantic gesture, like fighting against, fighting against her actually gives you reputation. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Whereas me being the, you know, like the sissy talky guy, uh, she like, she didn't hate me for it, but it didn't, it didn't really go as well as I planned it's like oh this is the bond girl i'm gonna try and romance her nope didn't work no yeah she is she is like the the bond girl taken to an extreme yeah so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but i like her just because you know like heck she's the loose cannon yeah she she's, gets results she's interesting yeah and and there's a uh if you're even if you're being coy and kind of gameplay there's a reason to uh to engage with her because you know she works for the vci we know that's connected to Halbeck. she can be useful and she can so yeah. Um, if you're playing like an assault weapons character, also her handler bonuses and, and liking bonuses are all very strong. Yeah. If you're playing a shooty character, she's very good. Also, she hates Marburg and so do I. Yep, exactly. We have that in common. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. But the train station uh, kind of plays out like any video game level in a train station. There are going to be trains passing by. 
Uh, you're probably going to hit by, be, you're probably going to be hit by some. You're going to benefit from learning people onto the tracks. There we go. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of make your way through. There's not uh, much else to it. Um, you reroute these weapons. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can send your buddies with Gregory. You can, you can do so. Um, send them to him. And that's a solid bro thing to do. And he's just going to sell them back to you later. So that's I love the email enough. exchange at the end. He's like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll be sure to sell these to kids. And you tell him, you know, I'd really rather you stick to selling them heroin. Yeah. <laughs> Which again, just making fun of horrible tragedies. But yeah. But no. yeah, it's all tongue in cheek. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and he takes it as such. Uh, the other lead that you have in this area is to go after uh, somebody named Lazo's yacht. Again, the garishness of, you know. Yeah, I want this yacht. Like, don't you want to be on this sweet neon arcade? Like, floating yeah. arcade? Oh, definitely. Like, yeah. with just electric guitars everywhere? Yeah, electric yeah. guitars, arcade games, cigar arcade games, <laughs> and and then just strippers, which I, I could, you know, take or leave. But the uh, uh, it seems like it, it is a, a fantasy come true. Like, this would be the best place to live. Mm-hmm. If I had to choose one place to live in Albert Protocol. Be, yeah, so and that's with all those awesome safe houses. I'd probably still mm-hmm. choose Lazo's Yacht. <laughs> this could move, you know, just yeah. take it around the world. Take it to the South Pacific, whatever. Sweet arcade. Mm-hmm. This was a stealth mission for me, uh, mm-hmm. and it was pretty satisfying to play it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, also, it could really be combat because you're just massacring people on a boat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's, it's again, it's one of those like mini missions. Like, it's not very much a uh, land. You know, I like that the, 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 this game does that. Like, it's not very much uh, ground you're covering. Um, you get to the uh, to the the bedroom at the end where there is the um, the the his personal stripper and and, uh, and Lazo. Um, and after you end up killing Lazo, um, on your way out, you get into a fight against Sis, who yeah. is like a young, um, kind of punk haired, um, dual pistol, like, uh, this thing very similar to that happens in the beginning of Metal Gear 2. Like, you, you get, you, you get done with a boat, you go up onto the surface and you do a boss fight with somebody you, with two pistols. Yeah, you fight against, uh, Olga. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. She's not so much punk, but yeah, yeah. she, uh, yeah, she, I, I wasn't necessarily saying she has short hair though. I think. Yeah, um, yeah she has short hair. Yeah. She's she, she's pregnant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so so presumably so get... sis is pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, it's a fun fight. I don't know. It's a it's a lot of bullets flying in yep. uh, any given way. Uh, by this point, I was abusing chain shot, so I use that to end the fight instantly. Yeah, yeah. But it's very yeah. strong, mm-hmm. and uh, you can spare her or kill her, um, which she's mute. Um, it should be noted. Yeah. So she can't actually explain her motivations or what she's doing here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, you know, you don't want to just kill this, this poor girl. Oh, this, this kid. Yeah. Presumably mm-hmm. pregnant. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't want to take two lives. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I pretty much opted not to kill her just because like, Oh, once I realized she was mute, like I have no idea why you're here and you're with G 22 soldiers. So this would probably be bad because I know that this is probably just a misunderstanding. Right. And if your buddies with the G 22, like at this point, you know, it changes things a little bit. Like you yeah. could have, this could be the first exposure you have to them. Very oh, easily. yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, like you sparing her, uh, gets you so in with Albatross that he opts to meet you. Yeah. 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 The, 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 the verb for this episode is ops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is a cool little, uh, little dialogue, uh, beat. You're in a snowy park a la Indigo Prophecy. And uh, walking through, and he just kind of says, "Yeah, you know, it w- we would actually really benefit if, uh, if we cooperate." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which then I totally clear that deal by uh, uh, siding with Sis 
or not 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 with this but with uh z, z in yeah. the next episode yep. and then just at the embassy g22 just attacks me yep and so. you have to murder all of them so yeah yep. I, I query that deal as well <laughs> yeah. um, which in a way is really shrewd like yeah we'll uh-huh. cooperate <laughs> just like hacking it up uh-huh. um yeah so i i did the same thing since i was trying to get all the z points i could but uh mm-hmm. if you do uh, the mission goes a lot smoother if you um side with g22 i think yeah. somebody else invades i don't think it's the g22 yeah so like th- that if g22 didn't show up this would be a really smooth mission <laughs> i think somebody else shows up i can't yeah. remember who i think some other op, you know some other op some other op, <laughs> ops up um mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the area where like trying to get in is really interesting. You're, so you're here to intercept Surkov um, at the U.S. Embassy. So again, U.S. soldiers. Um, the way you get in is really interesting. Like if you come in with um, heavy combat armor, you look like a soldier and you can trick your way in that way. Or if you come in in civilian clothes, you can lie your way in. Um, you know, just by saying like, oh, you know, I'm on the guest list or what have you. Um, and that's, that's it's a lot of different ways this can go. Yeah, I was in stealth armor and I came up and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, like cold night out here, right? Yeah, yeah, totally cold. Not as cold as that Surkov guy, right? Oh, man, <laughs> I, like I, totally. Well, you know, I'm here to see him. Just got to talk about some business. It's top secret, whatever. Like, okay, cool. We'll let you in. Oh, there's some coffee on the right. You should warm up first. Like wow. just totally chummy, like it's, just being a bro. Well, it's probably because you probably looked at the Surkov dossier and knew that he was, you know, cold to his men or something. Yeah. So I imagine the reason why they let you in, because I know they don't automatically let you in just by saying oh. you want in. It's probably because you were commiserating with them about uh, yeah. Surkov. So the way that I read it was because I was playing it kind of low pro uh, mm-hmm. up until this point that like if I was more violent or more just kind of a heck like figure, there would be alerts out for me. Yeah, that could definitely be the case. So I, so I thought that this was them making it easy for me because of my good behavior up to this point. Could so. Yeah, that could be as well. Yeah. And again, like they have enough fidelity that they can fudge that and we can totally like read it into it and give them credit for something that they might not have done. Yeah, I, I'll, I give them the benefit of the doubt because they built up a lot of goodwill. Yeah. Um, G22 crashes the party. This is kind of a, a boring dungeon. And a little bit. When, it, when it gets kind of exploding and on fire, there's some pretty inconvenient, uh, you know, uh, architecture that's going on. Um, and you end up having to kill these people who are allies or just knock them out. You know, if you want yeah. to, but I don't think it actually makes a difference. I think once you're aggressive to them, you burn that bridge. Pretty much, yeah. G twenty two was never an option for me after this point. Yeah, yep, yep. yep. Mm-hmm. I spared sis for nothing. Yep, yep. <laughs> well, just for the, the sake of sparing her. Yeah. Um, but the uh, yeah, so Z, you know, Z kind of encourages you pretty much to be as murdery as possible. She's like mm-hmm. a she hack, and uh, yeah, and does so <laughs> by humming "Ride of the Valkyries" when you're fighting, which is super fun. Yep. Yeah. You get to Surkov and he says, you know, you're coming after me, uh, but really the, the place you want to go is Braco. Like, Braco's the guy you're after. Yep. And he's the, he's the real guy. You do this little little side scene in Surkov's office mm-hmm. um, where you meet uh, Championsky, <laughs> who's amazing. <laughs> what is going on in Russia? <laughs> he's an Olympic gold medal boxer. Yeah. Again, he's Jaws. He looks like, um, like a, a punch-out character uh-huh. like he he is as proportionate to you as you are little mac to him being soda popinski yes <laughs> and he has a he has a dossier like you can learn a lot about championski uh. yeah so like he's got like okay that's like foreshadowing something i'm gonna have to kill this dude aren't i yeah again yep. knowing how bond movies shake out mm-hmm. uh-huh. but uh yeah but they you- go to Breco's mansion which is probably my favorite single mission in the game yeah like i like this a lot 
It's um, great from like a from a set piece kind of perspective. It's like uh, you know, it is a landlocked Lazo's yacht. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Say that it's, five times fast. Yeah, it's, it's this kid, you know. If you if you give a piece of shit kid with no morals, tons of money, what are they going to do? Well, they're going to fill their house with arcade games, uh, roulette tables, pictures of them like gaudy, you know, mm-hmm. prints of themselves on the wall, mm-hmm. zip lines, zip line, yeah, <laughs> super fun zip lines. <laughs> um, yeah, and if you if you uh, choose, so at this point, if you had albatross on your mm-hmm. on your side, you can do a quiet entrance to this, and he'll mm-hmm. be uh, he gets captured here. But uh, if you choose Z. At this point, um, you enter <laughs> the mansion on a gun-mounted uh, armored patrol carrier <laughs> or, or armored personnel carrier, and uh, pretty amazing. Yeah, it's like a little on-rail shooting section where you're just bursting through gate after gate. Yep, yep, yep. No, yeah. no, no subtlety at all. And and uh, we didn't mention it, but in between missions, you're always going back to this interrogation with Leland, and mm-hmm. uh, he'll make fun of you for this. Yeah, um, for for taking the loud loudest way possible. And you could just own it. Just be like, yeah, seem like fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. oh, so it's a great beginning. I, I'm kind of happy I didn't go with G22 because that would uh, – like this like this thing starts off with a bang and it is a long, continuous bang. Yeah. Yep, yeah. It's banging. Yeah. Um, you, you tune in to, uh, to Breako and uh, hear that he's actually going to kill somebody. He's talking about a knife. He's going to – you know, torturing somebody. Um, so you end up kind of in this point where you, it's, it's kind of presented as a choice, but it's not really mm-hmm. like uh, going and freeing the person. You can do that and still have time to go to the boss fight and stuff. Not a, not a big deal. And depending, it's either Albatross or C, uh, depending on, uh, or Z, depending on you know, who, who you've been with up until this yeah. point. And you get a huge approval boost, uh, from either one when you save. Right. Weirdly, you have the option to, like, to kill them. Like, I had the option to kill C. Yeah. Yeah, that's you're playing a real long con. Like you're, you know, or if you don't trust, you know, either of them, I, I guess is the idea. Um, but uh, which uh, you'd have to be playing in a different way than we did. If that yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Z uh, seems to have been really into it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Which again plays to her character. Yep. And uh, eventually, uh, you make your way to Breako. Um, to like this is like this always goes down for me like in one of those uh, boss fight moments like um, you know not quite like Mr. Freeze and in Arkham City style but like one of my favorite boss fights yeah um, just from like from from a holistic perspective like the actual mechanics of it aren't all that great right but uh, just the, the song and stuff which I, I'm really torn when I edit this between using the, the here or using it to introduce the show because it's so fucking <laughs> iconic to the game use it in both yeah yeah no no reason why not to well because the music in Alpha Protocol is not generally great shakes yeah um but the, other than this specific beat if, if you make every music break turn up the radio <laughs> just every once in a while we just do a turn up the radio break <laughs> yep <laughs> i mean i mean it'll make your job easier you don't have to like go through and listen to each track and figure out what yeah. goes or every once in a while when we, we we're like and then we get to the taipei safe house <laughs> <laughs> in the background like all quiet under us <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, trivia that this got- was supposed to be uh, Final Countdown 
I'm but, so uh, happy that it was turn up the radio me too. though. Me too. Like like Final Countdown is great, like haha Job. <laughs> but Well it like, belongs just, to Job. Yeah. Like I love Final Countdown, but that's a rest of development thing. Turn up yep. the radio. That's an alpha protocol thing. That's an alpha protocol thing. Like yeah. and it's just so like again playing into like they get the cast like the cultural cast offs. Like mm-hmm. who the fuck remembers autograph? Yeah, totally. Like I I know this song because I've been to plenty of like, you know, carnivals, like state fair kind of things. Mm-hmm. You know, and heard like cover bands play it. However, however like i love how it just loops endlessly too like it's such a good like in this like so you're fighting we didn't really talk about what you're doing you're fighting breako who's this like little you know little punk in a big pink blazer um like hot pink blazer in this like stage setup like where a band would play but he just has the sound system blasting uh, this autograph song Mm -hmm. and uh the cool thing you can do is if you're friends with heck um you can spike his cocaine like breako loves coke and uh, if you spike his cocaine, it fucks him up when he, he does the coke. Whereas if you don't spike his cocaine, he gets superpowers when he's on cocaine <laughs> and runs up to you at super speed and stabs you a bunch. Uh-huh. Um, so it's a really tough boss fight unless you uh, are friends with Heck. Mm-hmm. Which should be true of like most things in life. Like, be friends with Heck. Life will go easier for you. <laughs> yeah. Better to be at the devil's right hand than in, front, than in his way, it, right? It, totally. totally. Yeah. Um, I like the idea. So you, you, you spike his cocaine with rat poison, which if this was any other game <laughs> and if this was any other villain, he would just die instantly as he snorts rat poison off of a knife. However, his tolerance is so high that all it does is make him wheeze every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. Makes, him, makes him stab less effectively. Yeah. Makes him a worse stabber. Uh-huh. And, um, and I love, so I, I, I chose to let him live. I, I don't know why, because he's a terrible person who tortures people. He's an entitled rich kid. But I didn't want to kill anybody who I didn't have to for the mission. Um, like, they, like you, you get reports. They say he's done enough coke to, like, he, he came in with enough coke in his system to make a baleen whale, whale see Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I, if you murder him, you get to take his guns. Mm-hmm. And they become a, uh, and, and his jacket. Um, for, your, for your safe house, mm-hmm. which is framed on the wall in a, in a real funny way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like in a rock and roll hall of fame. The, uh, it's interesting this, this next area because I did not do this in my most recent game. Mm. Like some choice I made, Surkov gave me this stuff without me having to to do this. Oh. So this is an optional thing. I don't remember exactly how it played out. But the yeah. last thing I did with Breako was – this was the last thing I did in Russia was was fight Breako. Yeah. So the plot point here is that Surkov sent you after Breko saying, hey, he's the guy with the Halback connections. He's the he's the one who's running all of this, even though Breko is, you know, a crime boss and, you know, surprisingly competent for being a coked out punk. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Surkov is the one who is actually like responsible for everything. And he just wanted to get uh, Breko out of the picture. Yeah. Um, and so, have, you know, if you believe Breko and go after Surkov, you just kind of go back to his office and I shot him in the leg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and uh, I, you know, killed Championski because he uh, because he brought fists to a gunfight. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I let Surkov uh, live, so he gave me the the encryption codes for Halbeck, and uh, I radioed for medical help because you know I didn't want to kill anybody I didn't have to. Or so. Championski. <laughs> well, yeah, he was coming after me. He yeah, was I know. Punch but, me. <laughs> I know, but I want to I want to plush Championski. <laughs> like if they ever make Alpha Protocol merch. It'd be like a Snorlax size Championski. <laughs> you just sleep on it. Now. Yeah, oh. Championski mattress. WWF wrestling buddy. <laughs> hmm. And now we are we're in the end game. We have all the information we need to head on back to uh, to Alpha Protocol mm-hmm. and actually fuck some shit up. Here's a question: 
how does how do you get into the end game? Because is there just an event that triggers once you do all three, or does each of these give you something that could possibly get you into uh, Hellbeck? I think is each one gets you something into to get into uh, to Hellbeck. You have the information mm. you want because you get caught on purpose, right? Yeah, like you, yeah. you you straight up just walk right into their arms because nobody knows where Alpha Protocol's HQ is. Right. So you, so you get picked up by Darcy. Um, and I think you just have the information that you need or you feel okay. like, you know, I've done enough to do that. I'm ready yeah. to, to make my make my stand. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit hazy. Yeah. Before that, there's, you know, a little bit of like, let's tie up loose ends. Uh, like you're in this hotel room or safe house that is in what I believe is an undisclosed location. It never tells you where you are. Uh, but uh, this is where you kind of rally all of your troops for mm-hmm. the final for the final battle, uh, right down to like Mina shows up, and this is where you can do uh, uh, your romance mm-hmm. quest with her. <laughs> yep, which is as video game nerds how we refer to uh, act of sex. <laughs> yep, this is how the you can complete your quest. romance quest. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she, you know, there, there, there's the whole cliche moment of. Uh, um, you know, oh, send me away. Like, it was like, I'd like to help you, but uh, I need to be protected. And I let her stick around. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Let her, quote, yeah. unquote. <laughs> yep. Let her. Yep, yep. Blah, and, uh, and essentially, the um, this is, I mean, it's said a couple times in the game, but this is where it's super underlined, is that, you know, Halbeck is trying to start a Cold War and is starting a hot one. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you watch the news and, and World War Three is more or less on the horizon. Like, everything they've done to yeah. kind of destabilize have has destabilized too much. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've made some some change, you know, a little bit of a difference, but ultimately you're going to have to go to the cut off the head of the the dragon. Yeah. There. One of the cool things about that is that this plot is as old as the Cold War itself. Mm-hmm. Like this, this initially with Parker's involvement, like shooting down a civilian airliner and pinning it on an unpopular enemy as a way to start an actual war mm-hmm. um, is something that's been around for a good long while. And so you're actually seeing, oh, this is well underway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's email, like a couple of email exchanges. Heck writes to tell you that he slept with two uh, two women at once. Yeah, <laughs> two chicks at once, dude. Yeah. He also says a minotaur told told him my name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, buddy. Um, yep. Yeah. So so he can he can help. It's up to you. Um, you know, if uh, he is actually a potential handler for this last mm-hmm. mission, if you'd like. Um, Deng gives you a little bit of information on Alpha Protocol. Um, he, he's never a handler and never actually gets directly involved, but you know, you're a solid bro. And then, uh, for me, um, for Z, I had Z, uh, uh, as my handler for this last mission. Um, and if you do so, that's where you get to, to complete her romance quest, so to speak, <laughs> um, which she does while you're tied to the table, um, oh, in, in, in the, uh, the next little bit. So, hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's also a little scene with Scarlet. She's real icy toward you. Yeah. Like you get the sense that like, oh, this is your actual personality, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, even though I knew something was up, I ended up giving her the footage. I'm not sure why. I don't think it was a conscious action. It's just like, oh, she just ended up with the footage. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, surrender to Darcy and uh, God, got to give him the satisfaction. I fucking hate yeah. Darcy. <laughs> Well, you, you get you you'll get revenge on Darcy after yes. he gets revenge on you dozens and dozens and dozens of times. <laughs> Fuck that uh, shit. <laughs> so uh. Eventually, him and his helicopter friend will, will <laughs> you know, but it, it all you'll win in the end. Um, yeah. yeah, and you get your you know, again your choice of handler. Um, Heck Z, and I think that uh, Albatross can be a handler as well. Yes. Yeah. He can, but I burned that bridge. Yeah. So, so, so Z comes and has sex with you on the table. Yeah. Just in doing in, in doing research, there's one of the grossest lines I've ever read, 
or heard, doesn't doesn't uh, Westridge, I always want to call him Yancey because that's a better name, say, oh my gosh, that place is going to smell like tuna fish and cat piss? I think he does. I think there is, yeah. I think there is a, a he, he can say that. That's pretty rough. That's horrible. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, well, what it is, so it, it's not, it's too dumb to be really offensive. It's really, really sophomoric. Yeah. Like to an insane, to a way that is out of character. Uh-huh. Like the idea of a vagina smelling like tuna fish is mm-hmm. such a joke for like, you know, that that's like a 12 year old, like a real 12 year old kind of thing Yeah, to go for. And, uh, and that just, uh, doesn't sound like mm-hmm. the Yancey I know. No, you know? <laughs> it doesn't sound like the Yancey I talked to for two minutes. Yeah, exactly. Or the one who I've read his dossier. Maybe, yeah. maybe if you get his secret, it says that he's Benjamin <laughs> buttoning and, uh, he's actually oh, yeah. very young. Um, <laughs> So no, he just has a he has a subscription to like National Lampoon magazine. National, yeah, National Lampoon. Uh, like he's got all of his old shoes of cracked and Maxim. The Jerky's boy fanatic. <laughs> Look, sizzle chest. <laughs> we didn't recruit you because we thought you were handsome. It's because you're the best, jabroni. <laughs> jabroni. <laughs> Do you say to brony or jabroni? I said jabroni. Okay, because uh, both brony. <laughs> it's the infinitive form of brony. <laughs> to brony. Yo brono, to brones. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, and if you choose Heck as a handler, he just kind of comes and busts you out. Yeah, there we go. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a fun handler, even though you get shitty perks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I liked having him. I was sad because, you know, this mission shakes out as just kind of like a rescue parade. So, you know, you have little submissions to go and get people. So, like, I went and rescued Scarlet mm-hmm. and talked with her. This is where she explicitly says, yeah, I was the person who, uh, who uh, you know, was the assassin from Taipei. Um, you ask her, why didn't you kill me? And she says, well, you weren't part of the mission. And I was like, well, I'm going to return the favor. And she offers to uh, uh, ally with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, yeah, sure, I could use some help. Uh, you know, I've, I've played this game as like a friend making simulator, so why not? <laughs> yep. But then she becomes your handler, and I really would have rather had uh, Heck as oh, my okay. handler for all of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played through it with with Heck as her handler. It's pretty funny, but it's yeah. not uh, again shitty perks. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, for this, at some point, uh, for me, and I can't remember, I. You know, the, this is a long level and the, the kind of specifics get lost a little bit. Um, but I didn't end up saving Mina in time. Uh, Mina ended up dying for me. Yeah. So it's unfortunate. Yeah. Mina is being held in the firing range from the, from the opening tutorials. Like all of this is in the base. Yeah. Uh, so doing that, uh, the, that old video game trick of the last dungeon is the first dungeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, like the, there's a weird, like out of character option. Like no matter what, you can opt to kill her. Like as she's tied to this chair. Weird. You know, ha- having been tortured by Darcy. So. Yeah. Just whenever anyone's tied to a chair, it's always an option to kill them. So, <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I mean, it's a, it's a little known loophole in the law. <laughs> Murder is legal if they're tied to a chair. Yeah, listen, if you can get them tied. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Hey, you know, just we wash our hands of the whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but eventually you kind of break out of the, of the areas where you've been and you get to kind of new places. There's a, there's a fight against Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, quote unquote against Parker is more against, uh, Parker's bionic commando-esque room yeah. of, uh, <laughs> of, of turrets. Yeah, it's like a, uh, Contra. 
boss. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think that at this point, um, you can, if you have a good enough relationship with him, I think you can talk him into uh, not fighting you. I know you can after here, but I think that if you make certain choices, you can actually talk him out of it before you actually do the fight. Um, but if you have his, his secret, um, um, his secret, which I think is, if I recall, isn't it like Sis, his daughter? No, uh, Madison. Madison is his daughter. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sis is still a mystery. Um, yeah. but the, um, yeah, Madison is his daughter. If you know that, you can get him to, to ally with you here at mm-hmm. the end. Like you yeah. can actually make him turn about. Yeah. So. Which would be a great ending to a story because his whole thing up to this point is being really cold, calculating, mechanical, and uh, you can get him to turn against even the people who made him do all these awful things up to this point. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of sad that that wasn't the case uh, for me in this because I liked his character so much. I just didn't make the, I didn't make the choices to make him, you know, have that ending. Mm-hmm. So I just had to uh, chain shot him in cold blood. Yeah. Which is fine because yeah. he's, he is a monster, even yeah. if he is interesting. Um, yeah. This is kind of a boss rush too. So you're doing yeah. doing a lot of bosses. So um, you end up going to uh, is the fight with Darcy first or the fight with the helicopter first? Uh, the fight with Darcy is first okay. because the, like that is your entrance onto the live fire range. Ah, yes. So this is like Darcy playing like Haha, I'm the villain. You must fight me in my playground. <laughs> yep. Except it, he's up in a sniper tower. <laughs> yeah, tossing grenades yep. like an asshole, and this is so hard. <laughs> yep. This and the next boss fight are so tough. Mm-hmm. It's very frustrating. Like. Um, Ultimately, what I ended up doing because I was playing stealthily uh, was sneaking into the other tower um, just mm-hmm. because I had so much invisibility, you know, that I could yep. do it and then taking him out from that tower. But the uh, if you're not playing that, like I think in my playthrough that I was using guns, I never got this far and I might have stalled here because if you're just like specializing rifles, this is really tricky yeah. to get them. So mm-hmm. I chain shot at him from the ground. Made me feel real badass. Cool. Um, Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's funny because like he calls you a coward. Yeah, yeah. What are you talking <laughs> Even, about? Yeah, it's like you're such a rich boy hypocrite. Come yeah. on. And, and also, I'm just one guy, and the next boss fight is against the Black Hawk helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> so straight up Metal Gear Solid style. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which this is again another real pain in the ass level or pain in the ass boss fight. Um, just yeah. Because yeah, it just it you know it's just very hard to maintain your health. Like what I ended up doing was um, abusing the armor regen. Like you have mm-hmm. uh, shields that regen. So if like I could, there's a couple of safe places where the helicopter can't get you. There aren't very mm-hmm. many of them, but yeah. would just, you know, run up, grab a missile launcher, go back to a safe place, taking damage, but then letting my shield regenerate, then run out yeah. and shoot, go back, regenerate, and just kind of had to keep ducking in and out. Um, well, you the real difficult this. part is you have, you have infantry, you're fighting yeah. against dudes. Yeah. And so as you're trying to take them out, because they are more kind of like constant and pressing threat than the, than the helicopter, which really just fires missiles at you. I, you know, like I would just be trying to wrangle them and I would just be taken out by the helicopter's missile, mm-hmm. trying to prep the field for, you know, taking out the, the, the you know, the, the chopper. Right. And what I, what I would do is since I was oftentimes whenever I could going invisible um, between these areas is just snap as many necks as I could on the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you also get that, uh, that brilliant skill if you've been putting points into that, which lets you refresh all of your skills, oh. which is really helpful because um, you can turn invisible for 15 seconds and immediately refresh it and turn invisible for another 15 seconds. Mm. Um, or it might be 25 seconds. It's, it's a generous amount. Yeah. Um, and if you can do it twice in a row, it helps a lot. Yeah. So, so yeah. you pick up those, uh, you know, the, like the cool slack and, uh, uh, yeah, just chill, launchers. chill and M launchers. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this is, this is, this is a pain though. This is these two mm. bosses together are probably the hardest uh, parts of the game. Probably stopped a lot of people from being able to beat it. Um, and <laughs> you're just in spitting dif- distance at the end. Um, it's interesting. Well, I wonder what uh, point of articulation we difference, uh, differentiated here because you've got in the notes um, that Leland was your final boss. 
Um, Leland was a dialogue boss for me, and Yancey was my boss here. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never saw anything of Yancey ever again after the intro. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if it had to do with me not saving Mina. Like, I don't. That's just the, the immediate thing that I can tell that's different. That would be in the end. I don't know how it would relate, but it was Yancey with a minigun rather than uh, Leland with a rocket launcher. Hmm. I don't know. Like, have you uh, have you always fought Yancey? Um, no, I feel like I fought Leland before. This time, yeah. though, it was uh, it was Yancey. I don't know. I feel like I've read what the difference is, but I can't bring it to mind, so I'm not going to try. I was also specifically trying to make Yancey hate me. So mm. it could be that, too. I just got his uh, thing down low enough. Yeah. I mean, it just it may have been this, the, the the case that I got uh, Leland to hate me enough during the dialogue things as well. Um, that yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure how differently they'll play out because it really just is a like, how do you get as close to this guy as possible? You know, kind of kind of puzzle, you know, puzzle fight. Right, 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 right. Yeah, like for like for me, the the final boss was the was the keypad cracking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. On the on the way up there. In order to get into his uh, to get into his room, but like once I got a clear shot, it was just chain shot, chain shot, and yeah. then done. Yeah, the bosses aren't uh, tend to not have like super armor or anything. Like they're they're a little yeah. bit hardier than regular troops, but it's not like uh, they can survive infinite headshots. Yeah. For me, like I got up to him and then just had the choice. Like he offers me a job, and uh, oh. and he starts doing a, a villain speech, which you can very satisfyingly cut off by shooting him. <laughs> so I love doing that. It's the one of yeah. my favorite moments in uh, Firefly. Is uh, if you recall, um, I think it's in the second episode, and I'm not one of those Firefly guys. Like, you know, never judge anything by the worst of its fans. The um, but there's there's a part where like they they did the train heist and they're they're talking to the guy and he's in front of the engine of their ship, and the guy's like, you know, if you strike <laughs> me down, I will hunt you throughout the galaxy, and and he just kicks him into the rotor and brings out another guy. <laughs> yep. Like I love interrupting village spe- villain speeches like that. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> That's a great moment. Yeah. Um. I, I so I he offered me the job earlier. And mm. I turned them. I, I explicitly turned them down, and that that might be the reason. Yeah. Wait. Wait a minute. So, so you're talking about Leland? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so Leland offered me the job earlier, and that might be the reason that I that I fought him. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but like maybe I got him to like me, and that's why he offered me the job earlier. Yeah. He, yeah. He know. did not like me. So. Yeah. So 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 maybe maybe he did like me, and I fought him because I turned him down. Yeah. For 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 the job, and Marburg <laughs> offered me a job too, but I told him to go fuck himself. Yeah. <laughs> So. it's funny you get to the end and you get so many job offers <laughs> yeah, like uh, with this economy if you really had to do all this stuff to get job offers people would still do it yeah. i bet oh these economic times yeah yep, yep. yeah <laughs> yeah there's a lot of different ways that this can shake out there's what like seven endings yeah with various permutations yep yep and i've watched a bunch of them um you know the uh the you can run off with any of the the major players in the game you can kind of run off and uh and live on a boat Again, Metal Gear Solid style. With. Yeah, yeah. So I, I left with uh, I left with Mina, um, mm-hmm. and I had most of the people who mattered to me alive at the end. Heck was alive still. Z was uh, was alive. Scarlet was alive. So, mm-hmm. you know, my little motley crew uh, managed to protect them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, ran off with Z. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, and the yeah, uh, yeah and you get the, some of those. We mentioned that um, you know Madison's death became that excuse for tougher terror legislation. Um, which is, you know, again, kind of a fear of victory with this yeah. because, uh, you know, that's still something that Halbeck wants, even though you're taking them down. That's still going to help other weapon mongers mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. 
uh, like Sung's administration becomes aggressive, uh, specifically if you save him. Like all of this, like it's the epilogue. It's like the fallout kind of thing mm-hmm. um, where, where it shows you how things turned out. So this could always go the other way too. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, they become really nationalistic and it destabilizes the region anyway um, when she was executed. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And um, they, they, they find they, they explicitly find a copy of Catcher in the Rye in his apartment. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. And uh how Beck collapses. Um if you opt to side with Leland um and you don't betray him at the end, or if you do betray him at the end, so you side with Leland, betray him, you can take over Halbeck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Like uh yeah, a lot of like, again, for a game that uh, respects play choice, it continues. Yeah. yeah. And that's uh that's more or less alpha protocol. <clears throat> Yeah, there's plenty of stuff like little permutations and cool little scenes we didn't get to, um, you know, just by virtue of this being such a uh, multifaceted game. But I am I, I am so happy with this game. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. It drives me nuts that it it doesn't get you know as much praise as I feel like it should. Like it does. Like people like this game, mm-hmm. but uh, it just you know, it's you find a game that just does something that most games don't do well and does it exceptionally well. To me, that is more powerful and potent than a game that gets the basics better, mm-hmm. you know? Like, uh, it just, I was complaining about it on Facebook, and, like, gamers fucking love polish. Like, like, tr- like the gaming press and, like, the, you know, the AAA, like, big-budget title games, like, polish is what they want, you know? And I just feel like there are so many games that, like, where that's kind of the, but they're not trying to do anything, they're not doing anything additionally neat, it's just very well-polished. And, like, I like a, a well-polished roller coaster ride from time to time, Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's not the be all end all. It's not like the prerequisite for me to be yeah. into something. And if you can take a game that like, is this complicated and this like respectful of what I, how I want to play and how I want to, uh, comport myself in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just really unique and needs to be lauded, you know, and, you know, broken cover system aside, you know, like that's not a big deal in the face of this really, really cool thing. This thing does, you know? It's not going to be surprising for me to say, like, oh, a game being broken is not that huge of a deal if it has a good story. You know, mm-hmm. I might as like my motto might as well just be story uber alles, uh, and that you know this has that in spades. So my opinion on this is going, you know, is not going to be surprising at all. Right. <laughs> um, I don't even know why I bother saying it, but like, you know, I, I I sit here and I reflect on like this doesn't make me like Mass Effect two less specifically that particular entrance in it, but it's kind of like oh like there can be two games that do something good uh, you know like the like the story and you know in Mass Effect two the illusion of choice but even still there, but like one can do it better and it's like oh both of these things ex- existing in the world can be something that makes me happy, right? right? Yeah, right. like I, for me like I you know I'm not stu- like I like a game that I'm not a stuber or stuber. Story Uber Alas. Um, I'm not. I'm not one of them stupers. Um, that sounds mean. Like it sounds like an insult. It's not supposed to be. I'm not. Like story is not my number one thing. The thing that I love about Alpha Pro. I mean, I I can appreciate a, a lousy game with a with a good story, um, and still really like it. But the thing the yeah. thing I like about Alpha Protocol is the way that its essential gameness is tied into that story. Yep. You know, like you you're active in it. It's not. You know, that's one of the things because we've done um, a bunch of a bunch of games recently that like have really interesting you know, kind of stories without like, I mean, the, the biggest one, you know, would be uh, deadly premonition, which I ended up liking a lot, but all of the play in that game is trash. 
You know, like I don't, I never had fun like with the play part of that game. There's a little bit to like, oh, it's fun to you. You can meet different people and and kind of have those encounters, and that's fun. I like that, but and I ended up liking that game on the balance. But like, if you're going to do something interesting in a like a kinetic play sense, like that's what's going to grab me. You know, and and this is the this is the best example of those two things colliding in like a really awesome way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a what is um there's a the guy Campster who does the errant signal videos who I really like. Um, he was talking about um, in one of his videos he had he said something or he's talking about Half Life and uh, the original Half Life, and he was saying how in movies there's the the maxim um, you know, uh, show don't tell, mm-hmm. and he was saying how in games the maxim should be do don't show, mm-hmm. and I like that a lot. Like if you you know if if you know, make me do the thing. You know, we, we talked about it with, with so many things, like even if it's literally just a button click, like that's why The Walking Dead works. Like mm-hmm. even just the fact that I am doing something to make this choice that has this consequence is so powerful. Yep. You know, make me do the thing. And this game makes you make those decisions. And similar to like Walking Dead, you don't know the full information. You're going to make decisions that have unforeseen consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just very strong in that effect. It's also yeah. uh, like a RPG in a setting that we don't see. Like It's very yeah. much an RPG and you don't often see that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, modern spy RPG. That's a cool idea. Yeah, you know, and it's weird because for 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 as for as overdone as that is in so many other genres and so many other media, like this taking this unconventional approach to a very conventional thing immediately marks it as this uh, as this kind of disruptive little anomaly, right? Yeah, that's yeah, very cool. Like it's just the way you can kind of recontextualize a setting and story that is pretty mm-hmm. uh, kind of tired uh, just by giving it a new new fresh coat of paint mm-hmm. and making it interesting again. Like I really yeah. fucking love this game. Good. And taking a look at it, like from politics, like you have so many instances in like action military games that are, you know, like spy fiction mostly is like hyper conservative, like Tom Clancy and mm-hmm. 24. Like it's pushing this weird, like jingoistic agenda. Like this takes it from a, from a, from a different direction. Totally. And, like I, I appreciate that. Just yeah. how it, you know, just do, 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 doesn't, doesn't bandy about those same old saws exactly like people who want to make money off of human suffering are bad people mm-hmm. why is that fucking controversial <laughs> yeah. uh, like why is that even you know why is there another stance um yeah so yeah yeah way 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 into it so yeah yeah mm-hmm. so yeah Super what, good yeah what are we uh what are we doing next time cole well, next time we are doing, uh, and I assure you this is not intentional, uh, <laughs> given that there is a huge blockbuster release of an X-Men movie, but next time we are doing X-Men Legends 2, The Shadow of Apocalypse. The Legend like of that. Apocalypse is Gold. Yeah, the, the, the apocalyptic legend of gold. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's something of Apocalypse. Yeah. Ages of Apocalypse. It's, uh, yeah. I, 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 have the, I have the thing right here, The Rise of Apocalypse. Oh, okay, this is where he rises. <laughs> Um, I'm guessing at it, and I literally have the box in front of me. <laughs> um, yeah, that is a kind of a Diablo-like action RPG. Um, been, I've been playing it. It's good. It's dumb. But uh, we've been thinking too much on the show, so we're going to coast into a real dumb zone with uh, with that game and then uh, Crackdown for the Xbox 360, which is not actually, I don't think, a dumb game to the, to the same effect, but it is, uh, it's simpler than this. Yeah, I'm excited to play that one too because we haven't really done too much open world stuff. Deadly Prevention aside, yeah, so. and it's it's a neat take on it. I think you'll you'll appreciate the take on it. So, mm-hmm. and then uh, as we enter into the uh, the the official summer months, uh, uh, you know, July, the most American of uh, of of, uh, of holidays. Why don't we go to Germany and play some Gabriel Knight too? And this is the uh, the last of our listener suggested. 
episodes from the Kickstarter. So again, just a big thank you. And this was uh, suggested by Will Owens of uh, Backlog Killer and, uh, you know, personal friend. And uh, I'm really looking forward to this. Like one, it's fun to do sequels to games we've already done. Um, it's not just the same thing in the same engine. Like Gabriel Knight 2 is very different than Gabriel Knight <laughs> 1. Um, and it's It'll be uh, our first uh, FMV game, right? And probably only. <laughs> like I'm not, not on, I'm not saying that like making that as a mandate, but like it's, sharks. It's, yeah, exactly. it's such a weird subset of <laughs> games. It'd be hard to imagine doing a, a different one, but this is actually, you know, the FMV games are kind of a joke and uh, Gabriel Knight two is actually very good. <laughs> so, and it's going to, the way that you like uh, lore and codexes and stuff, it's going to fucking unmake you. There, like I said it before, there's a, the game is split up into days. There's one day where it is literally a character going through a museum, learning the things you would learn from being in that museum. <laughs> <laughs> and it is mandatory. So <laughs> we're going to learn a lot about um, uh, Baron von Ludwig, I think. And uh, yeah, yeah, Ben Wagner. We're going to learn so fucking much. <laughs> cool. So, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, uh, we got an exciting uh, uh, couple months here. So. Yeah. Yep. And we got uh, cool stuff planned. Um, one thing we, we mention every once in a while, um, we can, we can, I think we can say, um, I think we can say this. You can cut me off if we can't. Um, so we have the Patreon. We talked about that. Um, well, we're going to do a neat thing. Rather than doing these listener-suggested things as part of the Kickstarter, um, every once in a while, we're going to put things up to a vote um, as to what game we're going to do. So every summer, we do a big summer RPG. Um, what did we do? The We did Earthbound. What did we do? the And then Final Fantasy VII. Yep, Earthbound and Final Fantasy VII. Yep, and this year, and we're not going to announce the candidates just yet. We're going to only put them on the Patreon page. But if you are a Patreon donor, um, you get to vote for what our big summer RPG is. This year, we've got three options kind of narrowed down. Yeah. And, uh, and all of them are very exciting. Yeah, it's very cool. Like, I'm, I'm interested in playing all of them. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so if you want to uh, join in on that, you can go to uh, patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv. Um, even as little as a buck a month gets you into that uh, that voting sphere and also uh, helps us out a lot. We're still trying to get to that goal to, uh, to fund our trip to the Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Yeah. And we're, like, within spitting distance of it. Yep. So, yeah. Indeed. Cool. Mm-hmm. There are other ways that you can help us out. Uh, we have a very active Facebook page that is facebook.com slash watch out for fireballs. It is a cool group of cool people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, it sounds like I'm being sarcastic, but that is the only way that I know to talk. <laughs> so I really appreciate all the conversation that happens there. Uh, you know, a lot of our responses come from that. So yeah, we have a bunch of other shows as well on uh, the network. So if you go to duckfeed.tv, you can uh, check out, uh, check it out. Comrade. You can check it out. Bonfireside chat, the level, those damn Ross kids, um, abject suffering, which is uh, another show with me and Cole, and uh, we we have a hell of a month coming up on abject suffering. Yeah, we do, and, uh, and that show went weekly because of the Patreon, so it's uh, never been a better time to get in. Uh, we got some new stuff coming up for the summer as well, and uh, yeah, it's def- just a definitely cool place to find good content. Yeah, it's like a, like so much stuff to like listen to and read. Yeah, it is like a mall. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a mall. I just want to let that sink in for a second. <laughs> yeah, just shopping um, around. I think it's implied, but occasionally it uh, it benefits to, to to say and to ask. Uh, telling friends is actually like a really good way to spread word of the show. Yeah, like there, there there's there's a certain amount of advertising we can do, and uh, that's been successful for us in the past. But uh, podcasts uh, spread by word of mouth, and mm-hmm. so if you have. If you know somebody who plays games, uh, let them know. If you haven't already, I know a lot of people are very vocal with their friends, and that's how our audience has grown. But, uh, you know, occasionally it's nice to remind people that that is a cool thing to do. Yeah, and if you don't know, um, you know, tons of uh, friends in real life, um, you can also, uh, you know, type 
Word of type. <laughs> word of keyboard. Word of type. Yeah, word of type it. Send it to word of types. And uh, and get people, you know, blogs, message boards, all that jazz. Super appreciated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and it's, we've, been, yeah, we've been recording for a long time. We have miles to go before we sleep. <laughs> so uh, we're going to put an end to this. But, uh, yeah, thanks. And, again, thanks about the Kickstarter because the wolf uh, thing was a stretch goal for that. You know, we have not forgotten that this is a, you know, this came about because of your generosity. So thank you very much. And we hope that you've enjoyed the episodes that have come out about that as much as we enjoyed playing these games and talking about them. Indeed. uh, Until next time, what can they watch out for? Fireballs. You know what? Not everything has to be a complicated conspiracy. Not everything has to be a joke. Just watch out for fireballs. Yeah, please do. Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to, for the time being, the last episode of Watch Out for Lens Flare, where we're talking <laughs> about Alpha Protocol. Which is an RPG developed by Obsidian <laughs> and Public. Is that like a real question? We're talking about <laughs> Alpha Protocol? <laughs> Who am I? What am I doing? Yeah, here? I totally. <laughs> I forgot how to do the show.